Ahoy there, it's me, your old pal, Captain Kevin. Thanks for listening to this episode of season number five of the Attitude Podcast. And don't forget, some of the best content that we've got is over at the Patreon page, patreon.com forward slash AE Podcast. We don't like to fill up the episodes with loads of ads. Instead, we're 100% fan and listener supported, and those fans and listeners get access to several hundred hours worth of exclusive audio goodies, amazing series that are nearly at 100 episodes like the Smackdown Crawl, the Bibliotech, some examples of which are on this free feed here. We have our new series, The Corporate Ministry of Sound, where we review albums in depth. We've had Pile Driver, we've had Slam Jam, and myself and Adam, as well as doing Hulk Hogan and Randy Savage's albums, have sat down recently to do Parox Hua Gen. That's Jeff Hardy's album for those of you keeping track at home. I should say, one of Jeff Hardy's many albums. There's comic reviews with Adam and Billy, there's video episodes, there's Q&As, there's commentary tracks. Fill your boots and drop out whenever you want over at patreon.com forward slash AE podcast. But for now, let's get settled in and get ready because vengeance is mine and the episode of Vengeance is now yours to listen to. Here is Vengeance 2006. Big everyone and welcome to the Anachair Podcast, Season 5, rolls down the line like the music for Season 5, which is Big Train by Cell Games. Thanks again for that, guys. Hey everyone, it's me, your old pal, Captain Kevin, joined as I am always by my fellow reformed degenerates. <laughs> <laughs> it's badass Adam Bibolo. Hey, Adam. Hello. How are you doing today? DX is here. Woo! It's season five proper now. The loose justification of season four followed by season five mm. comes into hazy focus. This is like if we did season two of the AE podcast, but we did like a few episodes of nice fun pay-per-views before The Rock showed up. Like, And now The Rock has showed up and everything's different. So are you saying The Rock is equivalent to DX in this? That is exactly what I'm saying. Wow. And to my right, unquestionably, Billy Keeble. Brackets. (laughs) That's man of the planets. It's old DX Billy. How are you doing today? I'm doing good. You are here now in the midst of your time. Yes. Uh, This is your time. This is your era. And Adam and I have seemingly uh, taken you at, like, kind of your word this was good. That's that's my excuse for us watching lots of ECW. But how are you even getting on? You, you hear the big moment is finally upon yeah, us. Yeah, the, the big moment is here. It was lackluster. What? <laughs> um, Spoiler alert. Yeah. We'll get into that when they act the actual the reformation. But mm-hmm. it, was like, it was a little lackluster. A little? You a think? little bit. You, uh, Adam, were watching the Raws in the build-up to this. I've seen it all, yes. Uh, folks, I've been watching all the ECWs as well. Why? The build-up to this. Why? ECW Crawl. Oh. New segment. Exactly, yeah, right? I, I just kind of felt like we started something there, Adam, and I wanted to make sure there were mm. no kind of loose ends that... There were no loose ends. Good. There was uh, no loose ends whatsoever. Keep them all nice and tied up. But how you been getting on on 06 Raw? It's it's taken a bit of a stumble, I think. I'm still enjoying it, generally speaking. Mm. Those episodes of Raw are quite watchable. 
but it is getting worse as time has gone on and I've got a bad feeling about the summer that's in front of us. Oh baby baby, it's time for a lengthy, lengthy tour of the DX mm. reunion band. Mm. All your favourite hits are here. No, not no, not Road Dog. No, uh-uh. not Billy Good. No, not, not China. No, no, they're all in the Alamo is what's happening at the moment. <laughs> <laughs> Real DX. Proper DX. Actual DX. Actual DX. You know, kind of like the way we're going to pretend it is. Yeah. That's what we've got here now. In the main event. Yeah. Versus, you know, absolute evil incarnate, you know, the strongest of the strong that need to be taken out once and for all. The hardest of the hard men, The five-man power trip. (laughs) The the spirit squads, baby. (laughs) And that's why I think this would have done better if it was against, like, a big big evil i know it's vince mcmahon mm. but it, it needed to be a stronger and i like the spirit squad but i think it, that's not a main event it's no it needs to be a, their, their big comeback needs to be a, against a much greater foe vince and shane tag team match like. i mean well not to spoil what's ahead but i would definitely say the uh, a way i would have felt immediately to bury the lead but like, there, i would have felt you could have made this pay-per-view a lot more palatable in terms of our main event and the structure of it and all that is I would just call this pay per view Degeneration X. Literally, yeah. yeah. You know, genuinely. Because this is, I don't know. Because there's we, no real vengeance here. This tonight. isn't about vengeance, no. Retribution's not the same thing now, is no. it? But before we get into our juicy pay per view, which is only 14 days removed from the last pay per view, yep. oh boy, and only like three weeks before the next pay per view, mm-hmm. let's have a little delve into. I want some culture first and Ooh, foremost, please. Culture-wise, okay. So in terms of number one singles, I think for the first time we have a United Ireland and the US. Okay. That's uh, what you mean by United Ireland, isn't it? <laughs> joining back up with the United States of America. Yeah, the team up against you. <laughs> but in fairness, that's pretty much what the IRA did in the 60s and 70s. Uh, but that's either here or there. Like. So on that front, the number one single in the US and Ireland is Hips Don't Lie, Shakira, oh, featuring Wycliffe Sean. Shakira, Shakira. Look at my breast, so small and humble. <laughs> <laughs> and in the UK, I I spoke to a couple of people about this song because I was like on a Discord group I was in because I was like, is it weird I've never heard of this song? Because I feel like it's a song I should have known. I don't know this mm-hmm. song. Man Eater by Nelly Furtado. I Man Eater, make you work hard, make you sweat. I listened to it. I listened to it on Spotify, and I legitimately have never heard That's that song. Wild. It's also it's so because it's like everybody wants me, me. It's all, it's all, it's really yeah. fucking. Sassy. So I, but I've said before, pop music is my big sort of That's cultural true. black hole. Somehow. I just never, never heard that song in my oh, life. Oh man, oh um, man, you're missing out. And then in terms, oh no, in terms of films, UK number one film, it's the Fast and the Furious Tokyo Drift, baby. Oh, baby. Coming soon to sit of a swill. <laughs> and then in the US, it's Adam Sandler's click. Oh, yes! Oh, boom! Don't you start yes booming me. What? When did you last see that movie? I'm going to say it would have been maybe 2006. Yeah, yeah right. Because <laughs> you're looking at a lad who watched that movie like a year ago. Because, oh, you did. Because Joe was like, it's uh, honestly, it's it's really it's really something else. And I'm like, when did you last see it? He's like, well, you know, 2000. 
Well, you know, well, uh, be, be under no false pretenses here. I know that it is garbage. It's, like, it's, it's, yeah, it's it's garbage. It is absolute garbage. Like, yeah, it, it, it's a miracle that his career was able to recover enough for him to do Jack and Jill afterwards. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and you, of course, remember it because before you saw it, you yelled "Hell Satan" and had a, uh, a nosebleed. Big old nosebleed. So <laughs> that's why you remember it. In terms of events, June seventh. So we're in June two thousand six, of course. Mm. June seventh, British Houses of Parliament temporarily shut down due to an anthrax alert. Oh! I didn't know they were so big into thrash metal. I know, for right? <laughs> June 22nd, two major things happened on June 22nd. Uh, the first was the, the premiere of The Devil Wears Prada. Oh, okay. Oh, fucking great film, yeah. that. Steak! And then, Steak! <laughs> and then also on June 22nd, half-mast is too damn high. We lost... <laughs> We lost Moose, the actor no! who played the dog actor who played Eddie oh, in Frasier. Moose. Oh, no. We lost him in 06. Fucking yeah. hell. I thought he was around a lot longer than yeah, that. He was, he was an old fella because he was born in 1990, so he was 16. God damn little, dogs don't, little dogs like that don't tend to no. last that yeah, long. Yeah, but fair enough, but that older generation, Moose and them, they ran hard. Like, yeah, that's you know, true. They Not cocaine. Really he was doing coke with Kelsey. Where his fur was really wild that couple of seasons. <laughs> yeah, he'd do those barks and the whole set would shake. Like, you know? <laughs> yeah. And then finally, this one's just for me and Adam. Oh. But June 30th, Cirque du Soleil's musical acrobat extravaganza, yes. The Beatles Love, opens in specially built theatre at the Mirage in Las Vegas. Peace and love, peace and love. Now, that is the, 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 the soundtrack to love is literally the only Beatles album yep. I've ever listened to. And a purist would probably be upset about that, but it's such a cracking album. There's really, a great version of Octopus's Garden on there. The best version of Strawberry oh, Fields so Forever. Oh, 100%. It tracks that you the music podcast. <laughs> <laughs> well, Adam, we've had some culture. Let's have some of the last dying remnants... Of the public, I'm always making <sighs> the publishing industry is fine. What have we got? There's like ten magazines on the go in 06, It felt like. Look, lads, come on. I don't know how this has happened. Come on. I don't know what I've done to fuck this up badly. We've somehow got our timelines jumbled up again. Like, I don't know if it was maybe we missed a month due to SmackDown being on as a pay per view rather than Raw. But basically, what I'm saying is we've got two lots of magazines to catch That's up gonna on. That's going to make here. sense because I'll be what we wouldn't cover the SmackDown. That's ones, it. I so. think we're going to be skipping months every now and then. And just so you know, cursed wrestling wise, we're like the next show is Great American Bash 2006. Yeah. Woo! We, not here because we've already done that. Oh, can I we think do we should it again? do it again, please. No. <laughs> <laughs> so we're going to kick things off with the June 2006 issue of Raw. Got the Spirit Squad there, looking all very happy. Laugh it up! Laugh it up. We're filling your girlfriends with spirit. Oh. Sorry, are they inside a big Christmas tree or a bush? They're, What's going on they're there? They're like covered in pom-poms and stuff, I think. Oh. Maybe. It does look like they're coming out of a bush. Yeah. Oh, and also as well, Mitch, his, his, his tootin' horn has been cut off there, so it says spear. He's also spear. pulling a face like fucking alfalfa from the little rascals. <laughs> like. <laughs> We've got on here... Get inside Goldust's head. Welcome to Holly Weird. Whoa! And also, Austin versus Hogan? Could it really happen? No. Not in no. 2006. Not ever, mate. <laughs> then over on the SmackDown magazine for June 06... For the mature fan. the mature fan. <laughs> it's a very more straightforward, just a picture of nine ah, guys come here. On. Who will be champ? Could it be Undertaker? Mm. Could it be Rey Mysterio? Oh, young Bobby Lashley there. There he is. It's going to be King Booker, of course. Obviously. 
So, then moving on to July 06, this is where it all changes. It's DX, everyone. Are you ready? Are you ready? Jeez, that's the same fucking picture Shawn Michaels they've used in yeah. every fucking... Like the generic every, render. Yeah. Like. Every render of him, it's that. Are you ready? The real story behind DX's second coming. Oh, sorry, I like that headline above DX. Umaga! <laughs> <laughs> Everyone knows it's not Umaga, it's Umaga! <laughs> it's, um, it's a weirdly serious thing. Photo of the two. Very it's serious. no fun. They're fucking silly. Yeah, no fun at the fair here. Like, jeez, it's almost like, almost like they're not really hundred percent sure yet, or they've not told all parties involved what the tone of this. Which is way are we be. going? Yeah, because yeah. 90, last time it was these two lads, Triple H and Sean. It was still silly and tongue in cheek, but it was meant to be edgy and yeah. like kind of nasty as well. And also, I say that it was a, it was a heel act. It was, you know, no straight matter, up. No matter what they tell you, retrospectively, it was meant to be booed, right? Yeah. So, hmm. but this doesn't really sell the goods on the kind of no. DX that we're going to get tonight. I don't no, think. No, I don't think so. At and all. then for the July SmackDown, Billy, you'll yes! be a big fan of this. Look at yes! that! The great Carly is living. Large. Look at Davari there now. From breaking rocks to cracking skulls in WWE. What, was he in prison or something? I was going to say, that feels somehow racist. Whoa, like, sorry, isn't that, sorry, they're doing a dirty up there. The Legends Return. Dusty Rhodes, Harley Race, Greg the Hammer Valentine. Sabu! Oh, mm. he's coming Don't, out of retirement, baby. Mate, he's not coming out with Eugene on heat. He's fucking wrestling I, John I like, Cena I like tonight. this top banner as yes. well. That's going to talk about Shaq, Leno and Shatner. Enter the arena. Like, like they're little, peel them away, in the like. corner, we've got a little peel back to reveal a little Billy Shatner yeah, there on the mic. Like. Amazing. It, it was really weird when he came into wrestling because when he exited it, he just talked about how sad it made him. You know, you know, just thought, you know going to wrestling would be something I always thought I'd want to do. But then he, and, he, and he, land, he, he landed down. He was trying to do the interview and there's Vince <laughs> <in> the, <background laughs> with the champagne. Yeah, like. spraying it in his face, <laughs> even though it's teetotal. It's just, you know... And finally, nobody beats The Miz. Meet WWE's real-world bad boy. Wow, that is a Seinfeld reference there. Amazing. Is it really? It is. Nobody beats The Wiz. Well, that's there for you then, Kevin. Yay! And All sorts. we're resynced. We're caught back up on the magazines. We shouldn't have this problem again. We're going to have it next time, love. 100%. I know we Look, <laughs> we've got a great American bash in between this. I'm sick and tired of the two of you lying down and being beholden to big newsy, all right? I think that we can stand our ground here. We, we can are. get the calendars that's right. What we're doing. Yes. We've resynced it. Well, if there's ones that are coming up from pay-per-views we're not doing, ignore them. <laughs> <laughs> Unless they're really good. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> and on that front as well, next time round we're doing one of these, we'll have had Great American Bash, and you yeah. can give us the SmackDown recall then, right, Bill? Uh, I'm still not sure on that name, but we'll... we'll uh, uh, I think you should watch yourself. It's <laughs> <laughs> getting confusing. <laughs> <laughs> Start the pay-per-view. It's Vengeance 2006. Vengeance. A powerful retaliation against injustice. I got an awakening as to how ECW does business. No matter the odds. Bring anybody you want. Hell, bring everybody you got. John Cena, Sabu, in an extreme lumberjack match. You want in, all you gotta do is show up. But one man's injustice. What the hell is that? What's that? is another man's triumph. We just witnessed history. Dravidim finally wins the big one. And what drives our actions. Oh my God, that's what we get for inviting Edge, that's disrespectful. Is the
this need for domination. You're looking at the next WWE Champion. Me. But beware the lure of power. Break his damn neck. Abuse it, and you may unleash your worst nightmare. It appears that we have just seen the reuniting of DX. Are you ready? We only got two words for ya! D-Generation X is back! Bigger, badder than ever! Oh my god! Green is everywhere! Well, let me tell you, folks. It took a long time for me to realize that John Cena, far from being the world-beaten, fire-breathing dragon of 2006 and the scourge of all the message boards, but my god, this man is a far, far cry from the main event. He's the third most important thing on this show tonight, it yep. feels like. John wants retribution because he's been to ECW and he thinks <laughs> I gotta say, he doesn't actually... We see the recap of it and it's not quite that squeaky. No, no. no. But it's the line he says afterwards. He's like, I think I like it. And tomorrow night on Cyber. <laughs> I, I just love that like that you can like remember like a delivery of something like that and it just becomes your headcanon. Because I remember that me and you used to watch a film a long time ago called Burning Bright. Yes. About a girl being chased around a house by a tiger. Yes. And there was a, uh, there was a line uh, from uh, Meatloaf who was in it. Yeah, and, about the circus tiger. Yeah, and they ask him, oh, how'd you get this? And, and then Meatloaf goes, circus don't want him. <laughs> and and I rewatched the film again and they said, and literally, he, do, he doesn't say it like that. No. It's literally just... Circus don't want him, Circus don't want him. Like, just in your head canon, like... Ultimate example of that for me is in Chikara. I remember for years, me and Kevin talked about the time that, like, Demolition Devastation Corporation came out and who was your man on Dasher commentary? Hatfield Dasher Hatfield on commentary went look at them these monsters <laughs> years later we finally watched it back and he goes look at these monsters <laughs> what <laughs> <happened>? so chill <laughs> what happened there was that we had just been worked by seeing the sight of those monsters because yeah. that's what we thought when we, we like, saw these them monsters. these monsters so John Cena he's after retribution and yeah. as we all know one man's injustice is another man's triumph. It could have literally put fucking any footage set to yeah, that. Yeah, honestly. You've got a Devarian Grey Cali going after Undertaker. Yeah, sure, absolutely. The most generic opening package, this. It's one of these opening packages that is very much designed to be like, no, no, these other matches as well. They're, they're important. They're just as important. Yeah. But once it gets into the DX, are you ready business? Holy fucking Christ. Like, it's a cut above because it's not just like, hey, DX are coming back. Woo, nostalgia. Or even just like, yay, Shawn Michaels and Triple H are good guys. They're going at you like this is the most serious thing yep. on the show. When they cut to the DX bit, it's Vince McMahon going, break his damn neck. Yeah. And it's like Shawn Michaels stopping Triple H from being paralyzed by the spirit mm. squad. And in that respect, this is about vengeance is what they're getting at here. And like literally their immediate reaction to like having their necks almost broken and be like killed by Vince McMahon is... We're going to pull down our pants and <laughs> play with Jonathan Coachman's butt and, like, and get little people out dressed as a spirit squad. And take your top off. I, I almost had my neck broke. Take your top off. Jesus Christ. I deserve this. <laughs> I need this. Uh, I will say, just because there are few and far between sometimes, ridiculous Vince McMahon moments that have aged mm. poorly and yet make me laugh absolutely ridiculously. I had to stop watching Raw because I was laughing so much. 
they send Vince and Shane out of the arena DX by playing a little of a trick on oh, them. Oh yes, they do. Yeah, they, they I tell the rules. Stephanie is uh, is in labor, and Vince goes, "Can you believe it? Stephanie's in labor. That bitch. <laughs> she always has the worst timing." <laughs> and, like, she Shane, always does this. And Shane is literally like, "It's a liver." <laughs> <laughs> I, I have been watching like specifically only the the Vince and Fucking DX a. segments of yes, each role, so I I am fully caught up with 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 DX. Were you surprised? Because uh, I hope it's not just my reading of it, but when they did like you know we had DX reunited two weeks prior, you know it was like the the, the Monday after a one night stand, and then like the the raw before this pay per view, they were like we're DX, we're doing mm, DX officially. stuff, wearing the shirt with the music. Were you surprised at how kind of like flat it came across? Because I thought the audience were stunned into silence by their antics involving cheerleaders and otherwise. Yeah, because it's not it's not the DX they remember. It's not. It's this weird amalgamation of like it's PG DX, but it's also it's it, pre PG era But it's not even the same type of comedy they were doing no. in the Attitude Era. And I'll say as well, Billy, if you're asking women to take off their tops on TV, like that ain't PG. No, but I know what Billy's saying that like this is far more silly, silly. juvenile yeah, it's, 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 it's more you know, haha, bums, rather than yeah. saying like Marky, like Smarky inside. And yeah, yeah, DX yeah, was that. already juvenile as it was, yeah. but this is like next level fucking toilet. This is humor. like pantomime, like yes. yeah, and much like a pantomime, there's people playing a, a role that is like almost to comedic effect, not designed for them. Whatever the wrestling equivalent of the Panto Grey Dame is, two men in their forties doing sophomore. Yeah. Team Teenage humor, and one of them is like absolutely at odds with engaging yeah. with the content. So this is essentially what if DX was Triple H and Brian Gewertz? Pretty much, yeah. actually. Yeah, he feels like the third man of DX at this Break point. Break it down. Yeah. Because, because like literally, is every time that they're gonna do something a bit risque, like Sean has to like divorce himself. Yeah. But, like when they bring the cheerleaders out, it's like I have to wear a blindfold now. Yeah. So, so I'm I, don't, I, I, I don't see here. I don't see the evil that is a woman's body. Yeah. Like, is that okay with you, God? No, you're going to hell. Okay. Oh well. Oh, <laughs> I better keep doing it. <laughs> now they spray paint DX on the screen to end the. This promo package, oh. but it really looks like OX. Yeah, that happens a lot because, like, I don't know what's wrong with Sean. Sean doesn't know how to do a back, a, a forwards a D. D. He does a backward, he does a backwards D on fucking coach's ass by accident. Writing OX on everything. Yeah. Now there was a Vince McMahon biography that's come out recently. Yes. And there's a f- few issues with the text, let's just say, chief among which are the audiobook versions mm-hmm. of it, where the person who, despite having a great voice and does a good old job, they don't know a lot of the wrestling lingo, and every time NWO is written down, they pronounce it NWO. 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 I could overlook them saying Vern Gagne and stuff like that, that's fine, whatever, but NWO, baby. So I'm going to pronounce DX Dicks from now on. I'm going to call them Ox, I think, going forward. Degeneration Ox. And here we are tonight, folks, in the center of the Tarhelian Tarpus. We're in Charlotte, North Kakalaki. Yeah. The WWE title is going to come home tonight to the WWE. <laughs> what? They love the WWE in North Carolina. Right, all I'll say is, and you know, check it out. We did our ECW One Night Stand episode, and then we did a double bill of ECW and Sci-Fi. Yep. And you've watched the Raw since, lads. And I think we can all say it's not been as if the WWE title has been held hostage. It's not gone no. anywhere. Like, this is the first mention of them saying, oh, it's going to come home. Like, 
Really? It's been on Raw every week. <laughs> like, it's home already. Only Rob Van Dam could become a main eventer and still be like, you know, just kind of here and there. Yeah. Like, run-ins, little bits. Yeah, knocking about, like... He ain't a, he ain't a main event player. He most certainly is Absolutely not. Absolutely not. And he will not be in the main event tonight. And, and saying, you know, it's coming home, you know, to Charlotte, North Carolina, just makes me think, oh, Flair's getting about this. <laughs> yes. <laughs> like, Flair's going to win the World Heavyweight Championship. Yeah. I don't know. I, I, I feel like there is... There is some juice there for the whole kind of WWE versus ECW vibe. There is. You know, but I just felt it was in very bad faith to suddenly make out that Edge versus Rob Van Dam was some sort of a battle for the, yeah. the soul of the, and, like, and the top of the hour as well. Yeah. It feels like you're just doing this to kind of fool yourselves and everyone that like the WWE Championship is super duper important right now. But it's not it's like... It's literally nowhere near the main event tonight. And when like, I say like, oh, Rob's not a main event player, that's not me like critiquing him, me thinking of who he's not. Because no, he fucking obviously is. It's This is how they're presenting him. In a very yeah. literal sense, he's not a main event right like, now. These little fucking crumbs. Like, oh, see, we mentioned the, the title. Remember? Yeah. Remember, won, remember we let him win it? It's this thing they always do, though, is that like, they, they, they bury a particular champion and then seem to... Act like it's their fault. Yeah, it's like mm. why aren't you getting over, Rob? Mm. I know. Right? We're putting you on in the middle of the we're, show. We're putting you like... on in the middle of the show, and you're supposed to be getting over as the champion. Come on, you got four minutes. Go out there. Yeah. Like. Well, well, spoiler alert: the bad times for Rob Van Dam started a long time before him and Sabu got pulled over. Yeah. Starting things off is a match that we absolutely adored at the last pay per view, which was Randy Orton and Kurt Angle, mm, and we yeah. got a rematch here, folks. Randy Orton making his presence known throughout Raw. He's been jumping Kurt Angle, basically saying he wants him, but he wants him under regular WWE rules. Yep. And I think it's really funny that Orton, again, this is just the, the master here at work, where they managed to make this into a storyline, and you kind of think, like, well, what was, like, what rules weren't in effect, like, at that ECW match they had? Like, he got choked a bit. Yeah. But now it was just, like, a regular-ass wrestling match. It was really good with a hot crowd. But, yeah, he had the naughty crowd there is what yeah. it is. Like, he wants his WWE crowd that loves him. I'm very excited anytime Randy comes on my mm. screen now. Yes. Oh, boy. Same. And I think, strangely enough, though, like, I, I do think the ECW crowd kind of made that match a little bit because I don't feel like this match was as good as the... as the. It was still good, don't get me wrong, but I don't feel it was as good. The environment yeah. lent a lot to yeah. that last they, match. It's something like, very easy to play into. Yes. You know, but I still think it was masterfully done. Oh, it was it, they, a credit you know, to them how yeah. they used that environment. I think a lot like, of folks sometimes can be like, oh, hot crowd, ergo, you didn't have to work as hard. It's like, nah, no, it's, it's not the case. They're a much more willing participant. You have to find ways mm. to make it work. Yeah. So I was excited to see oh, yeah, you know, what they would do do yes. without that and Kurt Angle continues to look fucking terrifying yeah it's so scary yeah, I also I don't think I said it last time I really don't like his ECW gum guard yeah, you know, we've no. talked about how he can't uh, he can't speak properly with it. I, I don't like it because every time you see it and it's not that the camera's not right on it where you can see the words ECW, it just makes him look like he's got a big minging mouth. No, like he hasn't brushed his teeth no. and he's got gaps in his teeth. I always Kurt. make I always have to do a second look. It's like, what's wrong with Kurt's mouth? <laughs> now, what we have here tonight is kind of like a few different threads that didn't really kind of make sense in terms of a WWE crowd where this ECW brand is positioned if the brand is face or heel if the individuals on it are face and heel if they're meant to be a united front or not because mm. Kurt Angle comes out here as a serious guy but he's also meant to be a face but you know the crowd are desperate for fun here so they tried to do the you suck mm, chance yeah and it took that for me was like all right, there's a problem here if you're going to... You literally put him on a whole new brand and all this yeah. new stuff and people just want him to be what he was prior. I kind of feel like 
chatting you suck when this guy is coming out trying to be the wrestling machine yeah do doesn't you, gel do you think it's that they want the old kurt back because i often think that the you suck thing is just like and there's kurt with his little smile doing well, it back people did, you, people like. people did it when he came back to wwe that's what you mean. his first match back people doing it and it was like i don't know if it necessarily reflects how people feel about no, Kurt. if it's just, it's just a fun thing do, yeah. Yeah. yeah i just think though kurt I, this may well be his last pay-per-view appearance God damn, us. really? I, I think it is. Yeah, because yeah. yeah, I don't think he's on SummerSlam. Shit. So, yeah, Kurt's in a in a bad way here, let's mm. just say. We'll have to watch more ECW on Sci-Fi in that case, then. Don't worry, Adam. I got our backs. Mm. You got our backs. Uh-uh. <laughs> so, we commentators say... That is not a night for retribution. It is a night for vengeance. Two different things. After earlier on saying that it is a night f- that John Cena wants retribution. Words don't mean <laughs> like anything. You'll wrestling. say anything, won't you? Uh, we had an absolutely fabulous line from Jim Ross where he was kind of like, you know, doing doing more than most to try and make this ECW thing work. Whereas I previously, King, I'd say that Kurt Angle in ECW was like feeding strawberries to a pig. <laughs> Me and my daddy used to feed a lot of strawberries to pigs on the farm. I get what he means, though. I understand what that means. Yeah? What's that mean, though? You're you're giving a nice-tasting thing to to something that's not going to appreciate it. I'm sure a pig can have a pallet rice. Yeah, but you would also quite happily eat shit. And the ECW fans would happily eat a big plate of shit. (laughs) Yeah. So they don't need to be given the strawberries. And and obviously pigs can't talk and neither can ECW fans. They just grunt. (laughs) (laughs) Hey! (laughs) King referring to Kurt Angle as former WWE superstar Kurt Angle got a big pop out of me. And Lola just repeatedly calling him a turncoat as well. (laughs) Benedict Arnold! (laughs) They mat wrestle. We get... Sorry, stop sorry, that. Sorry, Angle teases early on the apron German suplex. Jesus Christ! <laughs> and my like, he goes fucking ass over tea kettle. He's pulling mm. them so hard. Kurt's head is nearly touching the floor. <laughs> it's so funny, and like the crowd's like, yeah, kill him. They literally would kill him. I I love spots like that where a wrestler like manages to do something with such gusto that you know they're not going to fucking do it mm. but if they did but if they did oh. uh, there'd be no more Randy Orton that's for sure <laughs> Orton continually slithers away like he's like trying to get out of Kurt's world and mm. not wrestle him not engage with him the thumb of the eye and the sweet dropkick following up like there's just a great there's a great underhanded psychology to everything Randy does. Yeah. We're early in this season, but I can already tell you, whatever it is, the, the Davy Boy Smith Award from season four, yeah. X-Pac and Jeff Jarrett. Rand- Randy's going to be one of those guys. Randy's that guy at the time. He's, he's always been him. one of those guys. Like, like Randy... D- Randy has rarely truly got his flowers from wrestling fans. I don't think like people say in he's like a good years, he and last, in the last last six years he's yeah. been on, on that. But like for sure, like him him and John, and I think Batista as well is in that category where it's kind of like you feel almost obliged when you're a super invested fan. To, yeah. If you like these kind of guys who aren't getting their shot by virtue of that, you have to kind of 
disparage or the people that are on top yeah like. and it's okay to like you know it's okay to like a big mac that's like, it you, you know? can go back and reassess and realize <laughs> yeah. that there's actually some really good stuff to this randy orton kid king keeps putting over how wild ecw is they had a zombie because <laughs> then kurt angle does a suplex on the floor and he's like you can't do that and only an ecw like the gimmick of the match is that it's wwe right rules there was one thing King did, though, that I thought was hilarious on Raw. Where after they had a segment with Eugene, he was like, Did you see what they did to poor Eugene on ECW? He showed up there. He just wanted to have fun. And, then the, and they, they play back the clip of the Sandman, like, Look at this fucking psycho, what he did mm, to him. Yeah, I'm with King on this one. And yeah, they managed to kind of, you know, reframe that in a much more uh, I don't know, logical way, I guess. More ECW fans here tonight than I think there were in the first three episodes of actual <laughs> ECW. Which is strange because it's North Carolina, which is not yeah. exactly an ECW hotbed. No. Randy the Headlock Orton cinches it in. And I have to say right now to my notes app, I know it's funny, but please stop calling him Randy Onion. <laughs> <laughs> I, I love the little cheeky face he does to the right into the camera yeah. when he puts his foot, feet on the ropes for leverage. Yeah. Like, it's so fucking good. He's so good at being a stinker, like yeah, a self-aware stinker. Like, when he popped in that rear chin like the second time, mm-hmm. and Leo JR being like, well, yeah, no, it doesn't look like a fancy maneuver, but it's uh, you know, Orton is using it for a reason. He has this big, like, tongue in cheek, like, mm-hmm. you don't like this. I bet you don't like me doing that. Like, fuck me. Like, you know, and I, I could literally point to a million message boards where they were like, yep. every time Randy does a headlock, I'm like, <laughs> fucking killed him. <laughs> Kurt catches Randy up top on the big tippity top, top rope superplex. Fucking fantastic. He starts cooking. The turnbuckle gets unsheathed, and then Randy, he eats like, I think it was eight or nine suplexes he yeah, got in a, a row. Lot. Which JR referred to, no, it was eight. It was it eight, was. yeah, eight rolling Germans. <laughs> eight ball. <laughs> uh, Randy was referred to as being suplex drunk. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Almost, you know, you can't, if you're suplex drunk in Suplex City, you'll mm. get your license taken away from you. King makes a comment about uh, ECW referees, and it's like, well, I hope this referee isn't an ECW referee. And then uh, I think JR replies, no, it might be the way that around. That was JR said about the day release. Wasn't yeah, it? yeah, JR says that, yeah, well, all the ECW days are on work release from prison. <laughs> I like, they, they're they really struggling here because there are these remnants left over of like, we have to present it as this like kind of, you know, really kind of scrappy, you know, outside the norm brand or whatever it is. But like, you know, even by re- week three, you can tell like, you know, they're really you can't be a third brand WWE and not start to fit into the mold. Yeah, it just is WWE. You know, it's a lot easier for them as well because they're taping the other brand literally right afterwards or beforehand in most cases. We get the Olympic Slam, which Jim Ross calls suplex. No, Jim. You're better than that, (laughs) Jim. Come on. Literally like a moment or two later, he's like, I'm so glad to be back on commentary. I had a a sabbatical, don't intend on taking another one anytime soon. But Kurt, after he locks in the ankle lock, Randy's rolling around, desperate to get out. He's selling that bad ankle again. You know, little tweaks here and there. Mm -hmm. The build-up just letting you know that Randy's ankle is still a sore spot. And then Kurt keeps pulling them back. The crowd are really getting into it at this point. A little tumble. Kurt goes into that turnbuckle, the RKO. And Randy picks up the win. And immediately, he's like... He's selling the pain, like he's so happy he's beaten Kurt, uh, you know, in his own by his own rules or whatever. But 
it's the pain of the ankle straight yeah, away. This is how you beat Kangle clean and still kind of come out with something for him, you know? Absolutely. I didn't think it was you know anywhere near as enjoyable as that previous match. It was still no. it was still good. It's great just, opener, great yes, match between yeah. these two. Excellent match. I think if we didn't ha- if we didn't have that ECW match to compare it to, I yeah. think we'd be we'd have liked this a lot more. But that is like there's no fault on these two guys. No, 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 absolutely The reason not. why the ECW match is so much better is it had that secret yeah. source of the interaction with the crowd. This was still a banging match. Yeah. And yeah. that Great finish opener. in particular, that was an excellent finish to like... That's the only way you could like conceivably put Randy over this version of yes. her, I think. And I like, I just liked as well, and this is something they did so thoroughly throughout 05 and 06 and the years afterwards, but like... It was very rarely that he had finishers protected or built up the anticipation. Yes. Like Randy, if he's ending the match, he can be a stinker, he can cheat, he can do everything, but that RKO has yeah, to fucking happen, it. you know? Yeah, yeah. It's, I, I do think it is one of the greatest finishers of all it time. Is. I think I, I make it out that it's the greatest yeah. finisher. It's like, so good. You know? And I'm not just saying that because you hit an RKO out of nowhere when I was playing you in wrestling game. Last <laughs> yeah, <night>. oh yeah. <laughs> Hulk Hogan was in the middle of hulking up and he got one Bam. planted right on his face. Fabulous. I'll say about this as well is that I remember at the time being like, oh God, you know, I was not big into my rematches when I was a, a, right. a, a teen. You know, I, was, I wanted new, new matchups, new people. If you're having rematches, I thought, oh, that's fucking lazy. But I'm watching this kind of going, Man, they had their few matches and all that, but like, I want the main event. Yeah, you know, I want twenty these minutes. Yeah, this, like, this was ten. Is yeah. that you know? Same with the ECW match. Yeah. This is not like these are main event guys giving you an opening contest. Mm-hmm. Both times it was the opening contest. Yes, it was. As well. Yeah, two shows in a row. Vince McMahon backstage. <sighs> oh my god. So I get it. See, DX has been taking me on a little ride, right? So you know what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna take you on a little ride, little boy. That's what I'm gonna do. Yes, that's exactly what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna take you on a ride, and you know what we call this ride, huh? You know what we call it? We call this the ride on the highway to hell! No! No! <laughs> yeah? Mr. Man. Sorry to bother you. Yeah. Rumor has it that DX has been hanging around outside your office. I'm sure they have. And I actually found this outside your door. Yeah, well, uh, I can tell you this. DX like to pull the little pranks, the little jokes, right? Yeah. Well, guess what? The joke was just on them. Well, good. Uh, one other thing, though. I, I took the liberty of inviting a very close family friend of mine to the building here tonight. No problem. Sir, he's your biggest fan. And I would dare say, you're his hero. All right, well, not surprisingly. Well, he just wants an autograph, maybe a minute or two of your time. No problem. Sir, he's a young kid in a wheelchair. And he's likely to stay that way for the rest of his life. I'll let you know when he gets here, if that's okay. Yeah. Sure, that's fine. All right, thank you. Vengeance is mine. Sayeth Vince McMahon. Oh, yeah. yeah, you remember McMahonism? He, like... he literally was like, you know, it's one of my sayings I like to say is, Vengeance is mine, sayeth mm-hmm. Vince McMahon. It's like literally having a quote with your own name written on it on yeah. the wall or something. Yeah, McMahonism has died a bit of a death here, but he is hyping up the Spirit Squad to this unnamed person on the other end of the line. The Spirit Squad will never forget what happened to them. 
The spirit squad will never forget all that green goo and crap falling all over them. <laughs> green goo. Green goo and crap. And let me tell you, it was one of the all-time slimings in, in oh, wrestling. So it was a good, good slime. Great so, five-man slime? Wow. Yeah, a lot of gag. And some great fucking slip selling yes. from the, yes. from the spirit around. squad. That's when, look, you had it at a get-your-own-back usually, but we elevated it to a dick and dumb in the bungalow. Absolutely. Is what happened there. Yeah. You might as well be playing Ace of Spades at the end. But <laughs> Triple H would have fucking <laughs> loved that. Yeah. <laughs> I love that! Vince McMahon stops his call, put, he goes, hang on one second, puts down the phone call, and I swear to God, I paused it, I was like, who's it going to be then? Yep. Is it going to be Candice Michelle yep. or Tori Wills? Yep. What diva's coming in to get uh-huh. groped now? Because like, it's 06! It's going to be yeah. a babe! It's going to be a babe! And it wasn't a babe! It was a wheelchair-bound teenage boy! It was, a little boy in a wheelchair, and Vince McMahon means business he's not taking any shenanigans tonight from these degeneration ex-degenerates mm-hmm. he's like let me tell you i'm not gonna fall for any of your tricks let me think you were sent here by dx like the guys who like the uh, the alien or big dick johnson yes big dick johnson yeah, he, 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 he had an pitch. appearance didn't he the yeah. crown and the jewel of turning point usa yeah oh. and if any of you youngsters are listening going oh no the new generation of right-wing psychos are going to take over. Just bear in mind that one of the point men is a guy called Big Dick Johnson. He You'll loved getting his kit off. Yeah, I think that was his first ever appearance. Yeah, as, as, yes. the, as the Chippendale yeah. was, yeah. I hate how fucking much they used him. Take away the, somehow take away the fact that he's a fucking a bigot and a fucking right-wing mm. fascist or whatever it is. Like, I hated that he was on constantly it's not a funny gag it's like, not because it's no. like it goes on yeah, and there's yeah. no like it's like with ron simmons and damn it's like boom it's over it's done yeah that's it boogeyman bam yeah you know if, if yeah. you don't find it funny at least it's finished you like, know jillian whatever all these people that you would use as backstage mm-hmm. comedy bits but the problem with big dick johnson is it just it's like a fucking Stuart lee bit where like it's meant yeah. to go on and on and on and it was so pervasive that Literally two years later, he's still fucking doing this. Yeah. God. According to Gerwitz's book and the you know the writer room podcast I've listened to over the years, your man was a fucking sucker for being on TV, and yeah. he would mm. do anything to get on there. Like, and it's 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 a great this you with him now as well because like the he's one, one shot of, deal because because he's one of these he's one of these people in fucking right wing media at the moment who are like you know. You know, our children are under attack oh, from from all this shit, and then people just view him and show him the clip of him naked, yep. jacking off a fucking a kendo, kendo stick, stick while I fucking Sandman right? shoots foam out of his mouth. It's like, oh, this you, this was your children's mm-hmm. programming you were part of, you big fucking freak. Yeah, the only turning point you should take is directly into a fucking bin, mate. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I do think that uh, you know that your bit has gone too far when the other company TNA literally had Christy Hemi wrestle the ring and answer who was referred to as fat, oily, naked guy in a, in a tuxedo match. And it's like, right, when your parody is basically like, we're going to do the thing that you hate in the other company and we're just going to do it here. They do the exact same yeah. thing. They never put him in a match, that's all I'll fucking say. Good. So Vince McMahon, uh, who do you refer to Big Dick Johnson as having corpulent genitalia Ugh. as well, mm. by the way? Uh, Vince is is not taking any risks with this boy. Oh, he's wearing a DX shirt. I know. Yeah, that's so, it. He's an obvious plan yeah. right here. And Vince is like, I'm going to take you for a oh, ride. No, he says it much more sinister than I. He's like, I'm going to take you for a ride, little boy. This is proper, like, getting in Paul Heyman's face. You see these hands? Yeah. See these hands? I'm going to take you for a ride. No. <laughs> Don't you make it fun now. I'm take- and he's, he's, where's he taking him on the ride? And I'm preemptive, but be like, is it the highway to hell, Vince? He's like, the highway <laughs> to hell. 
and the boy goes sailing down that corridor. We hear a big old crash and screaming. And, screaming. and then it's like a fucking two Ronnie's scare. Yeah. Literally is. Coach is like, oh, by the way, um, my my close personal friends, their boy who's a uh, uh, he's in a wheelchair, Vince. He's likely going to be that way for his, his he's whole your, life. You're his hero. You're his yeah. hero. You know, in spite of the DX top. So. Just make sure you don't push him down a hallway. <laughs> and you know what I was thinking? It turns out the boy was a heel. Uh, yeah. You know, friend of coaches. That's yeah. true, actually. You know, yeah. That glad handed son of a bitch. I don't know. I don't want no friend of coaches. A friend of mine is what I'm saying. Just special mention. Greatest line of the night was in that segment where Vince is to, it, right in the face of this little boy goes, where are the space aliens? <laughs> <laughs> They're on ECW, on Sci-Fi. Coming up next, special Billy match. Here we fucking go. It's Umaga versus Eugene. And he ain't coming alone. In his corner, we have Doink the Clown. Okay. Hacksaw Jim Duggan. Oh. And Sai from deepest, darkest Africa. No. The Ugandan giant, Kamala! Okay. They're all here for him. Let, let me tell you, I was really worried because Armando Estrada, I know he's going to be winding down the chat soon. Mm. Remember I told you there yeah. was a moment on Raw where he was like... There was. And he just like dropped the mic and didn't say it. Yep. I was like, oh, fuck, that's it. It's done. But he did it here he again it tonight. Again. But mm. we're pretty much winding down Armando yeah. talking. And it's been like two months. I know. Yeah. We barely had our fill of him yet. <laughs> he refers to Eugene as being... A special little boy and a big dummy. Oh. <laughs> what have you thought of this little storyline really? of Eugene and fucking Hacksaw? This is such a I, shit story. I, I fucking loved Wait, this. The, the story is Eugene gets killed over and over yes. again, and then he's Hacksaw, got his best friend Hacksaw, who also gets killed. It's bleak. It's miserable. It's deeply unfunny. Billy, I really like it. Like, <laughs> you, this is something you've been talking about for years is your memories of Hacksaw and Eugene. And I've been like, that's a weird ass combo. There's been a couple of segments where I just full on got it. Mm. Eugene was talking to Hacksaw being like, you're going to fight Umaga tonight. Are you not scared? He's like, scared? Was Babe Ruth scared when he fought Godzilla at the top of the Empire State <laughs> Building? And as soon as he said that, I was like, Billy, I get it, dude. I totally get it. But like, Adam, like, literally that segment ends with Umaga headbutting Hacksaw Jim Duggan's two by four as, as he's laid out dead and Eugene's like... Crying. <laughs> it's so dark-sided and bleak. And that I hate, but the interplay of Eugene and Hacksaw... They're so, they're so good together. It's very sweet, I can't deny. Yeah. King says that Eugene is reminiscent of Homer Simpson. <laughs> <laughs> For fuck's sake. Come on. <laughs> and Kamala, who I'll always just, I always have a soft spot for Kamala because, you know, I always think it's sad when someone is like charismatic and funny and witty and they're given like, you know, they're from a bygone era, so yeah. they're given like, he's a big dude. So, yeah. you know, hey, you got the big scary monster gimmick. And this guy, you know, Shoot interviews with him I've watched I've laughed my fucking Oh man Outtakes off. compilations uh, like, Of me and Gene Little fucky fucky Hanging around It's <laughs> so Hang on funny. now Kamala now, uh, I do believe you were meant to be In Minnesota At 8pm last Friday <laughs> yeah. uh, I don't speak English No 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 In fact uh, I believe you do uh, Come on <laughs> I, I was I was like hoping When Kamala came out That we were gonna get Some kimchi but then I realised, fucking Brooklyn Brawler can't be in two places That's at once. Yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> he's fucking doinked tonight. He is under the doink he hood, was my kimchi, friend. Like... Yeah, there, there's a kind of 
only so many goons you can have yeah. to flush out the ranks here. Look, I don't want to tell you, Hacksaw Jim Duggan's Chance USA, and it goes down better here than it did at Games Master UK. <laughs> I loved Umaga looking so confused as, like, uh, Eugene brings out his friends. This? Yeah, like. and he kills that boy. Yep. Eugene gets like you know he doesn't get hope spot. He gets like up to the point before the hope spot mm. begins, and then whoosh, yep. hip attack. Samoan spike. Umaga wins, and Jer goes, huh? Not much help there from Eugene's entourage. <laughs> yeah, everyone, that's exactly how I felt. Everyone, well, the first offensive maneuver in this match is Doink squirting Umaga with yes. his with a fucking water gun. So we have then his mates come in afterwards, and one by one they get killed. Like Doink tries to be silly, he gets killed. He gets hit so hard his wig comes off. Yeah, like it's Saudi Arabia or something Aww. like that. So not Kamala. He hit Doink so hard his hair came off. <laughs> not Kamala though. Not no. Kamala. Commando's like no, 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 no. You no. stay away from him. Adam, are you ready for SummerSlam? Are we literally gonna get that? Because no. <laughs> oh, I've written down here, you Marco versus Kamala at SummerSlam. No, we're not please. gonna get that. We got it at Raw. We got it Raw. Oh, I'm looking. Yeah. Yeah. And it, okay. was, it was pretty much a straight squash. Okay. And I figured. Think, you know, I will say, 06, because we'll have it at Survivor Series as well, but they're being a lot more generous with Legends spots. Oh, massively. Yeah, there's loads. You yes. know, and like, it's not just, hey, they're coming there to be backstage and stand on, on a ramp and no, wave. Wrestling, like. Like, you know, you had Greg the Hammer Valentine wrestling on heat. Yeah. You know, on heat? On heat. Fucking hell. Fucking wild. It's a very regular occurrence, I've noticed. We're getting yeah. a lot more legends around this time period. It, it worked, though, because I remember, like, the, you know, my brother and his mates, they all stopped watching, you know, oh, oh 2 basically, was the, was the mm. cutoff for, like, a lot of, like, the, uh, the kind of the Generation X viewers. Yeah. And then, like, once it was 06, I remember, like, my brother and his friends, what would tease them back? It'd be like, here, fucking Arn Anderson's coming out here. Yeah. Or, you know, Sergeant Slaughter, Roddy Piper is going to wrestle with Ric Flair. And, like, yeah. look, I know it's going to be fucking shit, but they go, alright, you know, mm -hmm. it works. It does. It you gets know? you intrigued. As long as they're not, you know, wrestling no main events. But the one thing I didn't like about this, I thought it was very effective for Maga to, you know, I like there being lots of people they're people with name value, so when he demolishes them, it means a little bit more. Mm. It wasn't quite as bleak or hopeless for someone else. Like, see what happened to Rick, it's like, oh, you know, that says bad things Rick, but it's like, doink is fine. Armando being all smiley and happy when he's pulled his man away, mm. I, I don't like that shit. Mm. I would have had him either look scared, and that's why you pulled him out, but don't be like, ha 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 ha. Let's no, go. No, three men beating up is enough. Yeah. I don't want the fourth. Yeah. The, the fucking booze from the crowd because they want to see Kamala versus Umaga. You're goddamn right they do. So yeah, um, Umaga, really impressive still. Really, yeah. really yeah. great character. Going well. You know, going really, really well. And you know, it's probably one of the most, you know, hopeful characters they've got on the show at the moment. Yeah. You yeah. know, protected. And I still think we, 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 the, the best is yet to come from oh, yeah. Imago. We're going to get it. The Royal Rumble 2007. Great fucking match from Imago. And as bleak as it is, this was a much better usage of Eugene than at One Night Stand. Yes. Yeah. Let's say. Yeah. It wasn't that bleak, at yeah. least. But geez, you were talking about the man's star falling. Like, oh, seriously, yeah. You know, we're coming up to SummerSlam now. This is what Eugene is at. And I don't think it'll be on the, along the lines of him versus Triple H or him versus Kurt Angle from the previous year's nah, SummerSlam. He ain't tagging with Hogan anymore. I don't think so. Backstage, Todd Grishengale with... <laughs> Mick Foley! Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome my guest at this time, the hardcore legend, Mick Foley. And Mick, just wanted to get your thoughts as you prepare to face off against Ric Flair in a two out of three falls match right here in his hometown. Wait, 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 wait. Don't you dare ruin my cheap pop here, Todd Grisham. 
You see, we're going to do things a little bit differently. We're going to have a public book reading right here in Charlotte, North Carolina. From the pages of Ric Flair's novel, To Be the Man. Uh, sorry to interrupt, but isn't it an autobiography? It's not a novel, is it? No, an autobiography would contain facts, while this is clearly fiction, as you will now see. Mick Foley has a cult following because of his contribution to hardcore wrestling. But hardcore is such a small part of the history of this business. When I was training a long, long, long time ago, falling off a ladder was not a prerequisite to making it as a professional wrestler. Being fundamentally sound was. Occasionally, seeing the inside of a gym was. I don't care how many thumbtacks Mick Foley has fallen on, how many ladders he's fallen off, or how many continents he supposedly bled on, he'll always be known as a glorified stuntman. Is that so, Rick? Well, tonight in your hometown of Charlotte, North Carolina, this glorified stuntman's gonna wipe the ring with you with wrestling moves. So if you wanna write a new chapter to your next putrid little novel, entitle it this, How I Was Out Wrestled by Mick Foley. Woo! Or better known as Mr. Heel Heel. He is a heel He now. is a heel. Dirty heel. I <laughs> hate this. Oh. I hate this. Why do you hate this, Billy? Because... There's a lot to hate here, don't get me wrong. Because Mick's idea of turning heel is just, like, losing all sort of, like, fucking logic and common sense. Heel Mick Foley is thick as pig shit. What, did his promo strike you as, uh, as, as nonsensical or... yeah like i just don't I, just, I hate this and like i i'm i know that i'm gonna continue to not like this because i don't like what happens with mick at SummerSlam either i like <laughs> it's just like um i'm just dreading this now because mick's one of my guys and it's just sort of like i i hate this run for mick yeah now, you've not been enjoying this run at all for like mick. like I, I i loved his like i i enjoyed his match with edge like because like at the time you know my first match i saw with him would have been the orton match yeah which i fucking loved i enjoyed his match with edge um i didn't enjoy the ecw match um, i don't enjoy this match i don't enjoy the SummerSlam match it's just sort of like it's it's it fucking I, I you gave me something good wwe and then you took it away from me and it was only mm. starting this podcast i saw the good again I have only just started to come round to this version of Mick now because I've been hating it like ever since he turned heel. I thought it was like complete nonsense, made like not a lick of logical sense for him to turn on ECW and all this stuff. It's like, more like Mick is one of these guys where he can kind of just say whatever or do whatever, mm. and it's like, look, you'll buy it because it's Mick Foley, yeah. and we're getting to something that people want, which is Mick Foley versus Ric Flair. I was going to say, maybe there is logic. I understand like his character's point of view of like turning on ECW and Terry Funk and everything, but I didn't buy it, and now I am starting to buy this, mm. because his beef with Rick is specifically about what Rick wrote yeah, about him. And that's a, real, that's a real, real And that beef. is a real beef, yeah. and that is personal, and they had a segment on Raw face-to-face where they, Rick just came out and confronted him like straight mm. up. And I'm finally starting to get on board with this Mick character now. Like, I'll tell you right now, I know that it's it fucking groans and it creaks and it's it's messy and it's sloppy and it'll probably only get worse. But you put Mick Foley and Ric Flair in the ring, fucking shouting each other on the microphone. I love it unashamedly. Oh, I, unashamedly love it. I love it's it. It's garbage, but it's, it's great. It's garbage. a big dirty pizza and chips. Yeah, like, yeah. I know. I know. I shouldn't. <laughs> and, and people know that because they've gone to the t- they've gone to the ring together several times. They did it in TNA. You oh, know, they fucking like, countdown to lockdown. Match. What I'll say about this is, I think the two lads here are trying to do kind of like a, a war of equivalences because Rick is like. 
he's not backing down and be like, look, mate, that was a different time, you know. No, he's he not, stands by it. Like, Rick is not being like this kind of good guy, squeaky clean Rick. He's being fucking Rick. And he's like, yeah. you are a stunt man, mm-hmm. waste of space, couch, potato, falling off a cage. Mm-hmm. Watch this. Whoa. <laughs> and he'll do something, you know. Uh, whereas Mick, he's being kind of like, conniving and like Mick's got a good point mm-hmm. which is like hey this lad like completely undersold me you know he, he wrote me off and I do like when the heel is justification but he's taking it to a warped place and Mick Foley be like I'm the biggest star yeah. in this yeah. business and it's that's like it. you know that's a laughable idea he's, he's trying to get under Rick's skin and saying things like you can't stand the fact that I'm as successful mm. as I am when I come out here with this body wearing fucking jogging pants and a flannel shirt like you can't stand that I have made mm. success for myself in my, by my terms and not that's yours it. I, I don't know if it's just I just can't accept him as a heel I mean, it's it's fucking Mick Foley. It like. is hard. It took me a lot. Like I say, this whole summer we've had with Mick so far, I've not been enjoying his heel work at all. It's only adding Ric Flair into the equation now where I'm like, this is starting to make sense to me. And I, I did like the little wrinkle. And it's one of these things where, unfortunately, the idea is better than, you know, when you realise the promise of the match is probably not going to be as good. Yes. Where, like, Rick is like, you know, oh, do you want me to set myself on fire? Will you fight me if I you know start throwing some thumbtacks in the ring? And Mick's like, Oh no no! Worse than that. Two out of three falls. Yeah. Straight wrestling in Charlotte. I'm gonna beat you like That's Harley it. Race. Like. I'm, I'm gonna beat you old school style in front of your hometown crowd. That got me genuinely so pumped for this match. The idea that Mick wants to out wrestle Ric Flair. Like. Oh boy! Oh boy! So yeah, he reads the segment from Rick's novel, which is novel. His novel. And I, you know what? The one thing I'll say about Foley is that. He's really disparaging, but you can tell it's like the the post makeup here because he doesn't go on and be like, oh, the fucking ghostwriter who turned it in. Yeah. He's like, Rick spent a lot of time hard work on this 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 really best-selling book, this novel that I have an issue with. It's like, we're going up to the line, but there's clearly a point where Rick could be insulted that yeah. we're not going to go There past. is actual real-life respect there, for yeah. sure. So there's a little bit of the real, a lot of the bollocks. Yeah. But I kind of like this one. It's like, all right, there's drama... But it's kind of safe. It's this feeling that I often don't get when we play up, like, say, Sean and Brett or whatever it is. Yeah. Give me a year after everyone's made That's good. That's it. This is nice and easy drama. It's like, you wrote yeah. something about me in your book a few years ago, and I'm annoyed about it. Now, we got a little spotlight on Lillian Garcia, our ring announcer, who's had an awful time on Raw very recently. Mm. I don't know if you guys remembered what happened to old Lillian before uh, a match involving <sighs> Charlie Haas. She got knocked off the apron by Charlie Haas, right? Yeah, so Haas came out, all full of piss and vinegar. Bouncing off the ropes. Runs the ropes. Lillian was like, maybe it's ring Charlie. And she was like getting out of the ring mm-hmm. as he was coming in because, you know, he's such a fucking big deal, I guess. But, <laughs> you know, like, you know, it was getting out of there nice and quick because the match was going to start. And yeah, she was like on the ring apron. He hit the second rope. She went fucking flying. Fucked up her wrist while doing yeah. it. And you know what? When you're caught in the line of fire, whatever it is in wrestling, it fucking sucks. You know, and particularly if you're a non-wrestler. And Lillian is yeah. absolutely a non-wrestler. Mm-hmm. They fucking played that up for so many yucks. Oh my they God. were literally like... They were beside... They were acting like she was Fink and it happened to Fink. What an idiot. Did you see the way she got knocked off the ring? Yeah, dude, a 250 pound man came out. And Haas was like a fucking freight train. Yeah. You would think I'd run the ropes extra fast was going to get him a better spot on TV. Well, Jesus Christ, Well, man. it kind of did in this sense. Like, he got to work an angle with Lillian Garcia. Yeah, the angle now is like, Viscera, like, wants to avenge Lillian Garcia. And she's like, stop putting the camera on me. No. It's mortifying. It's really Week one, Charlie Haas comes out and he's like, Lillian, can you come in the ring? I just want to say, 
I got carried away. I was a bit fired up. I didn't mean to knock you off the apron. I know you got really hurt. And I am sincerely, I'm so sorry that I did that. And JR's like, well, that's a nice, respectful thing to do. Big Vis comes out and he's like, <laughs> he's like, she might forgive you, but I don't forgive you. And then he just fucking lays out Charlie Huss and squashes him. And Lillian stood there like, no, don't do... It's fine. I don't... No. <laughs> and then two weeks later, after a bra and panties match, oh. Mickey James ripped off Lillian Garcia's top. And you get this... It's a great time to be Lillian Garcia. You can wonder yeah. why she's going to leave in a year or two. Like. You have Charlie Haas in the ring at some point, and Viscera comes out and he's like, I still haven't forgiven you for what you did to Lillian. You need to apologise again and try harder this time. And Charlie Haas is like, look, Vis, I'm not going to apologise to you. Because actually last week, I took Lillian out to dinner and we got over it. And, uh, you know, a couple of things may have happened, if you know what I'm saying. Cut to Lillian, who's at ringside, like, what the fuck are you talking about? I, I didn't go to no dinner. She looks mortified. Poor and th this woman. story, so now it's gone from Charlie being like, I'm just trying to apologise to, like, yeah, baby, I got with Lillian and she was easy as well. Mm. So now Viscera is kind of the, the defending face. hero? Even though Lillian didn't want him to stand up for her. Well, think is here in spirit, is all Definitely, I can fucking say. Yeah. Like, Jesus Christ, what happens to being a ring announcer? Did you do that to like, all the other ones as well? Like, fucking hell. Please, no. It's like big teenage boy energy fighting over yes. a girl who, ha who has no idea who she either of them are. She doesn't want to be fought over, yeah. thank you. Fucking hell. Well, here we are now. A couple of lads breaking up the pay-per-view. Mixed reaction Foley taking on Mr. Woo Woo. Two out of three falls here in Charlotte. Flair's family are at ringside. Little yeah. Charlotte. Little Charlotte, Charlotte yeah. there, you know. We got Foley sucks chance when he came out. I will say... That like, made me feel cold. Yeah. Foley sucks. But you know what, Mick? He had to work twice as hard to get half the booze. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, the fact that he's managed to do it... He did. He got a Foley sucks chance. Well, he was gonna, he was, he was going to get that in Charlotte anyway. That's true. People here are so pro-Rick. Like, like, like he, he, he didn't have to do anything and he would be booed yeah, against, against Rick. Rick. against Rick and yeah. Charlotte. Yeah. A little bit of slow motion chain wrestling to start us off. What do I love this. They they follow up on the promise that he's gonna out wrestle him. It's like barely though. Very like, slowly. Like, so, sorry, very Jim slowly. Ross calls him a student of the game at one point. But the thing is though, we know that like we know that Foley can wrestle. And he I can. know and I know I'm being worked. Yeah. That's the thing. But it's like it's not it's it's becoming go away heat. Really? For me, like, it's just like, and I hate to say that about Rick, oh. about, about Mick. It's just sort of like, I just, I know you can do this, and you're letting them tell you not to do this to for the oh, purpose I, of healing. I think he's he's yeah. decided not to do this. Yeah, yeah. He's like, you get the little bit at the start where but it's that's like, in contrast to what the character's telling us he's going to that's do. That's why it's good he heat. Heals. That's why it's good heat because I genuinely, in the build up to this match, I was like, two out of three falls, Mick's gonna wrestle Ric Flair. Yes, please. And you get 90 seconds of this crap slow motion wrestling. And then Mick's just like, eh, don't, and punches him in the face. <laughs> I was dying laughing. Just, it reminded me like, the thing I love most about the previous match at One Night Stand, which is, you know, him like, I want that son of a bitch, Terry Funk, in a hardcore match. He gets one hit and he's like, oh, this is a bad no, idea. No, no, I, don't no, want, no, no. I don't want to do this. He's uh, bitten off more than he can chew again. Like. I think, you know what? I'd much rather this and this run of matches have, have this vibe to it than him trying to be... You know, because think about now, he's like his sixth time back after mm -hmm. after retiring. Kind of is like, you know, you really think about it. He's not the, the, the cool hero anymore. He's coming back for the money. Yeah. You know, playing it up is not the worst thing in the world. I will say what is the worst thing in the world, though, is Ric Flair's strut being done by 
Mick Foley. Oh, dude. It's so bad. Oh, he cannot woo to save his he life. He absolutely can. <gasps> Get the forearms, double arm DDT, and then talk about a loaded gimmick. Move over, Mr. Rocco. Fuck me. Mr. Mr. Rico. Mr. Rico here. Within three minutes into this match, yeah. he's got the gimmick Ric Flair song. There, there's obviously been a few trips back down to the fucking, you know, to the art department. The because, prop store. Jesus Christ. There's so many bits. Like, I don't think the like, it's a really good face. Like, the likeness is actually good really face. good. And then he's got the big toupee, yeah. and then he's got a big robe and the feather boa yeah. and the sequins mm. on the robe. And the robe says like Foley's got this fucking coal miners club. Yeah, on literally. Him. <laughs> if he punched him with it, he would have knocked him out. Like <laughs> this, this match does bring out the rhyming Doctor Zeus in me because I had literally have in my notes: rip grips, mixed dicks, make me sick. <laughs> <laughs> Can I just say, Ric Flair and the testicular claw, mm. like once in a blue moon, maybe when he's completely down and out, but this is now like literally, it's the Ric Flair comeback. It's like yep. chop, chop, run against the ropes. He grabs your dick and fucking cranks twist. it. Grabs that yeah. dick and twist it. You know, I it's the UFC. I hate it so. And then the referee's like, whoa, 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 come on, back it up now. One, two, three. What are you doing? <laughs> he's twisting it. That's wrong. Ric Flair goes up top, and I love this, when Flair's up at the top rope, and King is like, Mick, come on, Mick, Mick, you, you know, every time, Mick, you've got it, you've got it, you've got to get it, and Rick is like, woo, with the little double axe handle. an axe handle. Literally like the first time in 30 years right? he's the move. It's I couldn't so believe it. It's so fucking funny. Mick starts working the leg, though, and he tries to get Rick in the figure four leg yes. lock, quickly rolled up in fall one, goes to Ric Flair, because Mick just had to try and beat the man at his own game. Love that. We go outside and it becomes a little bit more like the match you'd expect. A little ringside brawl. And even now in his 40s, Mick is taking them stairs. Yeah, he like he did when he was in fucking yep. WCW. He goes he goes so far, he nearly hits the announce table. It's crazy. And like King and JR, like a gun has went off. Like, fuck! Like, didn't expect him yeah. to land so close by to him. He, he coaxes Rick into the crowd. Like, if we could do a crowd brawl, I'm in for heel heat. There's the one bit of heel heat I did like. Is he's like, come on, Rick, we're gonna do a crowd roll now. Gets in there, just slams him and just immediately walks back to the ring. Like, we're not giving you, not, I'm not giving you that either. So, Rick starts getting the upper hand, and then Mick just goes under the ring for the big box of gimmicks. We got all the weapons start being thrown into the ring, and Chair goes, What the hell is Mick Foley doing? And King just goes, Ah. Uh, Wrestling? <laughs> <laughs> this is what he thinks wrestling is. We get the figure four leg lock on Mick Foley mm. and Jim Ross starts putting over like, I don't who's ever made Mick Foley tap out? Yeah. Can you guys think of who made Mick Foley tap out? Season number one. One person made we Mick got Foley one tap, tap out. out, didn't we? He did. Himself, mm. technically. It was, yes. Yes, you're right. After being in he the made himself lock, quit. he put the mandible claw on himself yeah. and he tapped out. Did he tap or did he pass out? No, he, he tapped out he and tap. said the winner via the mandible claw. <laughs> so technically Vince Russo made McFoley tap out, oh. I guess is how we can describe that. But yes, the figure four is in and Rick just gets a bin right in the face. I love that. Second fall goes to Ric Flair by disqualification. Two straight falls. We got so post, stupid. Post-match like, beatdown. Mick's just so stupid for just fucking... 
I'm going to lose this match Oh, no, because he was like, I'm about to lose by submission, so I may as well lose by DQ instead. That's more favourable. And Foley like. leaves Ric Flair. He gets out with the barbed wire bat. He fucking beats the Fuck box me, out. his face oh, explodes. My and God. Ric Flair is left in, I want to say a bloody heap, but my God, he's like a pile of bloody rags. Like, I, I have seen Ric Flair bleed more, like, more than most, because we we were obsessed with Ric Flair. Yes. Just being like, I'm doing a promo. <laughs> and it's, it's, so it comes with weight when we say this is the most we've seen Ric Blade. This mm, is yes. real fucking blood like, right here. The, the referees tried to pick up Ric afterwards, and they can't because he's like too Like a bar of Woo! So, I... Take your point, Billy, because when I remember, like, I didn't watch this pay-per-view live, and I remember just seeing the results and be like, he lost in two straight falls. That's dumb. But seeing it in the context now of, like, that Rick being left, like, traumatized, bloody in front of his family, Mick would rather do that to Flair in Charlotte than try and actually wrestle him properly. Mm. And that's showing you that Mick mm. is not here now for glory or to prove himself. He's here for petty, shitty little yes. grudges. That's it. Like it's like the idea of like the post-retirement tour, and instead of like it being all you know good times and hardcore ceremonies, it's like I really want that fucker Terry Funk. Actually, mm. I've got to, and you know what? That fucker Ric Flair is like every guy he's got a bit of heat with from the old mm. days. Yeah. And I and he'll make big promises about how he's gonna yeah. beat them. Like I'm gonna beat you straight up clean in a wrestling match, and then he ends up DQing himself to get out of losing. Like. I'm in a different headspace, I think, than than you at with this bill because like I've had a hard time being a Mick Foley fan the last three or so years. You know, mm. follow him on social media has always been fucking dire. Listen to his podcast is done it. much more harm than good for yeah. me. So you know. I don't think I was really... I think seeing kind of old, classic, happy, smiley, cheap pop McFoley, I'd be like, I don't know if I want that right now. Mm. Right now, I kind of want shitty, yeah. weird heel McFoley. Show me that he's not just that guy and he can entertain me in mm. other ways. I, like, I, I don't know if I'm going to change my mind on it as we get closer to SummerSlam, but I fucking hate that fucking match at SummerSlam. <laughs> now, is that the I Quit match yeah. you have at yeah, SummerSlam? Yeah. Okay, I have seen that before. Yeah, I, I showed that to you, yeah. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. I actually enjoyed it more than I expected to, I think, at the time. I remember liking the finish in particular. Oh, I was like, that's so cool, I man. I love that match. But after seeing this, I could not be more excited for these two to wrestle again. Like, I thought this was so effective, and I was already excited for this match, and it still surpassed my expectations. Like, mm. I knew that... Old Mick versus Old Rick isn't going to be an actual two out of three falls well, wrestling masterpiece. On a, on a wrestling show, absolutely isn't it? it you is. Know? The two hour lads who are doing something that no one else is going to do. You know, yeah. I, and I, I like that. the story of Mick constantly like making big claims that he cannot follow mm. up on, and the cowardice of him DQing himself and then leaving Rick in a bloody heap in his hometown. I, I think I would prefer it if 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 it was like a three stages of hell. Two out of three, Whoa. where if it was, you know, each fall then started a different type of match. Mm -hmm. I think I would have enjoyed it more then than oh, it. I would, the fact I would, that, the would fact ironically that, love to see those two in a yeah, three stages of hell match. It's very rarely where I'm, I'll be like, you know what, I, this match is less, it's more than the sum of its parts here. Because I agree, like, obviously it's it's a, it's a two straight falls very quickly. It, you know, on paper, but it's it's about setting up something else. That's it's about it. what this match is meant to mean mm -hmm. and what what they're using about the implied meaning of that match to set up something else. I, it's a sacrificial lamb, this match, in many respects. I love that it was two straight falls as well. Like, how embarrassing for the character of Mick Foley. Yeah. He didn't even get a fall mm. in this three falls match. It's not perfect, but I'm, I was 
coming into this Foley run expecting to fucking be devastated. Well, I've been hating it so far. I'm I'm enjoying it more than I thought I would. You've won me round with this feud. And special shout out as well for those of you who are wondering. We had Barbie here. I know we all like to keep track of all of our named wrestling mm. weapons here. Mm-hmm. We had Janice and Barbie, etc., etc. Got a new one for you. Black Rain and TNA. His 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 special weapon, which was a stick with a spike at the end of it, was called Darkness Falls. Darkness oh. Falls. Yeah. <laughs> Backstage. Maria has got a cool paradox for Carlito Caribbean Yeah, cool. she, she, she's, she's drunk the smart juice now. But I like this. I like this a lot. Or is, is she smart now? Or is she just... Is she so dumb that she's come across something that accidentally I sounds I think that's smart? what it's supposed to be. I think she's meant to sound like a dummy here. Mm. There is a payoff with the whole Maria thing later on, which is essentially Maria was smart all along. She's in Mensa she, or something. She is like, like super... Oh, do you remember when they fire Bischoff? Because I don't think we'll come across it on our on our timeline. But when Bischoff is like, he has the trial of Eric Bischoff, mm. and they have all like the star witnesses come up, and that you think Bischoff is going to keep his job. The big star witness is Maria, who like and like coach and, and Eric are like, oh, this fucking bimbo cake. idiot, we got this, and she like does this like really fucking like powerful monologue about how Eric exploited her position and used okay. his power and used loads of big words. Wow! And we're all at home going, those words are massive. <laughs> <laughs> Bob yes. Backlund would be proud. Get him! Like so, I think that's maybe. Less like, oh, that's the long-term plan, and that's just like a neat little write-off little, here. Yeah. Yeah. But honestly, I'd rather have Maria do something like this than what happens with Maria after this, where Tori Wilson shows up, and she's holding her dog like it's a fucking sandwich. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Two dogs. Two yeah. dogs yeah, like yeah, a sandwich. She's got, Two she's got Chloe, and I don't know what the other one's called. Now let me tell you something, folks. There's nothing hotter than two babes oiling themselves up before a photo shoot. But let me tell you, there's nothing in this world less hot than two babes oiling each other up before a photo shoot and bored Carlito's like... Holding two dogs. Oh man, there they are now. That's right, ladies. Get There you go, get the oil on her. Oh, spread it all over. Get all regions, upper, lower, anterior, if that exists. Oh, good job. Get her, there you go. Oh, get Maria too. Get her good, Tori. Right there, that's that's a good spot. Works for me. Oh man. Get her back too. Help her out. Work as a cohesive unit, ladies. That's what I'm talking about. Here we. I spit in the face of people who don't want to be cool. No, look, I didn't ask for music. I need more time. Yeah. Uh. Rub, rub some on her back. And now do, like, you know, her chest. I've got some uh, exact verbiage here. Uh, Adam. Yeah. Get her in all regions. <laughs> <laughs> region 1, region 2. The distribution of this DVD is going no, wild. He does, he does clarify. He says, get her in all regions. Upper, lower, anterior. <laughs> like, using anatomical terms. Like. Now do her dorsal side, like... Fucking hell. They play his music and he's like, hey, no, come on, baby. I was enjoying the show. And like, there's like, the problem is when you play his music and like the the house audio, you Mm. realize, wait, we've heard the house audio this whole segment and people are like, yep, they're sat quietly watching this. 
And like that's some serious fucking silence. And I don't say this got the match off on a bad foot. No, but it like, wasn't a good start. There isn't a, you know, I, I always get these moments where I'm like, I don't think you like your mid card at this point in yes. time, particularly on Raw. What I did appreciate though is he safely puts the dogs down. He does. Because yeah. there would be a lot of people that would just drop them or just fucking spike them. I was worried they'd be like, <laughs> Oh, it's my music. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> oh, look, it's a little dog. Come here, little dog. Oh, hey little dog. Isn't he cute, huh? Hey little dog. Hey little dog, guess what? What's that, Doug? Do you know that wrestling has more than one royal family? <laughs> 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 Grab with the dog. Championship. Do you know why Johnny Nitro is on Raw, everyone? Is it because I've noticed a sincere lack of Joey Mercury? Mm-hmm. Is it because Mercury's face has been exploded? No. No? That happens December 06. Oh, so okay, that's, that's not yet happened yet. Happen. Yeah. yeah. Right. So what happened is they did a storyline where Eminem lost the tag titles to the new Legion of Doom. Yeah. The new Legion of Doom. Is this our friend John Heidenreich? Animal and Heidenreich. Yes! In the words of Animal, what a joke that was! (laughs) 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 And Melina lost, I think it was Jillian or whatever it was, but they they lost their matches and they like went to the theater along complaining. And he's like, you're fired, player. Holler, holler, holler. Oh, he just fired them. he, He fired them and then Melina and Nitro showed up on Raw. Right. The real? reason Uh and I'm only saying this now to preempt a big chat that will probably happen in the SummerSlam episode but Melina had backstage heat okay I remember back in the day reading like I swear it was like MySpace or something like that that Melina had all these blogs and she was like Mickey James, Alexis Larry, you stole my splits entrance maneuver. What the fuck? Brooke Adams, you stole my gimmick of having furry boots in red. And like, oh my god! I remember the time being like, "Whoa, Melina, great character work here," because she plays this kind of like you know horrible lady. It's a work shoot, and turns out it wasn't a work shoot. No, a lot of people the wrong way. Yikes! But the worst thing you can do, like you know, if you're a woman rubbing, I always had two women rubbing each other. I'm saying this. But if you're like a woman who has backstage heat in the mid-2000s with other women in wrestling... You're fucking done. You're kind of done, Mm -hmm. but you're only really done if some of the men take it upon themselves to reckon that this is a big issue. And now Nitro had his issues with people in the backstage as well. So basically, like... It's kind of these situations where, like, yes, there there's bad blood and there's heat and all that, but also, like, they had a special session of wrestlers' court for Melina, and it was, like, 3 a.m., and they were on, like, an overseas tour, and apparently, like... I've read accounts where they were like, we were going to get her to cry. Like, we were, like, taking Jesus bets on how quickly Christ. it was to, that the Undertaker could make her cry. For fuck's sake. And it's like, Melina, how do you plead, boy? And it's like, <laughs> all right. She's, like, a woman in her early 20s. Yeah. And a bunch of lads in their fucking 40s. You feel good about this, do you? Feel yeah. good. You're going to make her cry. Like, yeah. You know? Is that fun? Uh, all I'll just say is that the reason why she's here is that apparently, like, she had such nuclear heat on the SmackDown locker room that they had to move her. Jeez. And Nitro was like, well, if you're you know, moving her, I'm going as well. So okay. that's it. Eminem is split up for the time being. Fair enough. And uh, they're over here. Far- I mean, there was apparently heat with like her and sh- her and Charmel got in like a fist fight, apparently. Right. Uh, after like, you know, that was to do with the Booker T, Batista fist fight. But there's drama, let's just say. Where does this leave poor Joey Mercury then? If he's just been fired by Teddy Long. Like- I know, it's crazy. But like Joey Mercury, he's he's persona non grata. He's not, he's not on TV at the moment. Damn. You know, but like, 
like Joey will be back. Yeah. And he'll have a horrific injury. Oof. But yeah. We're not gonna we're not gonna see that. Have That's on that Smackdown. Break? That's a Smackdown right? show. Oh, yeah. it's yeah. Oh, okay, yeah. So yeah, the Eminem start kind of appearing on a few different brands. They appear on ECW as well. But we get kind of Jesus fucking Christ. Surprisingly, Adam, this might shock you, but ECW and SmackDown start sharing a lot of the roster. No way. Yeah. It's almost like they're the same show. Yeah. How did that happen? <laughs> so our Intercontinental Championship is on the line. Shelton has no mama, but he has no mama in his Titantron either now, which is a turn for the books. Good, good. Flair's blood is like oh, paint in the ring. It's already gone deep brown. Lads, like. if you're resting on this mat, you're going to get drunk from being <laughs> in contact with it, like, you know? Oh my god. Right, now, I, I'd like to know from the offset what you lads thought of this match. Like, was this thumbs up? Would you, were, you, were you on board oh, with this? I, I, I was very positive about this match. I thought it was fine. Okay. It was. It, I didn't I, hate it, but I didn't love it. I, I, I don't know what to think about this. I went through phases of this match hating it and then phases of fucking loving it. Mm. There's some parts of this match that I thought were like some of the best rests that I've seen mm. like on TV full stop mm-hmm. at this point in 2006. And other moments, it was like triple threat by the rules in yeah. WWE. Like mm. Nitro's straight out, like, you know, yeah. for one-on-one fun. Like, But I, we get some good three-man There is later, a lot yeah. of three-man I was fully anticipating the first offensive manoeuvre of this match to be the last, which is as the bell rings, Carlito pushes Nitro over the ropes to the outside and Shelton just rolls them up. Yeah. yeah. I, was ex- I was fully expecting it was going to be Wouldn't that. Wouldn't put it past them to do that. So Carlito is, you know, full-time face now and you're know, yes. not, not kind of like, you know, Shades of Grey or, you know, associated with the masterpiece. No, he's face he's, and he's getting the the, the push here compared he's to the masterpiece so over with this crowd yeah. as well and he gets proper like baby face fire in this yeah. match there are really several moments in this match where i'm like shit carlito could go somewhere like. you know, in terms of your mid card here now you've got three lads all of whom mm-hmm. are fabulous you know in terms of style mm-hmm. i'd say all of them are pushing the limit of what is like possible in 06 yeah. this match is way ahead of its time oh, the athleticism yeah. of these three dudes is is Morrison, the most successful tough enough alum. No, I'd say the Miz. Miz, the Miz, yeah, Miz by far. Actually, mm. I'd say Morrison's yeah. up there in Morrison's terms of good, yeah. like people's success. Post well, no, it's, it's unquestionably the Miz. It's not the even Miz. close. You yeah. know, just in terms like the man's been there for nearly fucking twenty yes. years. Main event in WrestleMania as champion. Like, yeah, yes, yeah. pretty high. He's doing, uh, he's doing pretty well for himself. But I like as well that you know it's not just. Three lads who've got really great wrestling style and are pushing the limit or whatever it is. You know, if you like your old-timey, silly WWE wrestling bollocks, you've got three very big characters yep, here. exactly. Who are wrestling in a way that is, you know, it's coming across. I love that it's a triple threat and there's, you know, no DQs. Mm-hmm. And as a result of that, Melina is like, no! Like, she's jumping in front of the wrestlers. Yep. She's pulling Johnny out of the ring. The fucking scream oh she does. Oh, my God. What are you going to do here? It's like Sunny yeah. with the LOD type screen. Yeah. Like. Oh, it's it's it works way better because it's for heel heat. Yeah, that's it. And yeah, like, at least it's meant to be annoying. Because she's not even doing it as a part of a distraction. She just decides she's to just scream. scream. She is screaming. <laughs> like. I can't think of many times where we've had a wrestler and a valet. I guess I mean Jesus. I guess Carrion Cross and Scarlet. Even Jesus, though, Kevin. Like, mentioning Carrion Cross in the same breath as Nitro is like very upsetting to me. 
But like this is a wrestler and a valet who are the act is it's an act. Yes. You yes. know? What you Nitro both. does in the ring needs Molina on the outside, yeah. and I think it plays really well into the triple threat because you don't have to have the referee pretending like three or four times that he hasn't seen it. No, it's like she can just do it. She like, just does it and she yeah. does, you know. Nitro, when he gets chopped, he fucking screams nearly as loud as Melina. I love that as well. And man, the height on some of these moves. Shelton does a flapjack to Carlito, like kind of faints to the left and then just sends him up. Carlito nearly touches the fucking ceiling. Honestly. Unbelievable. They get such air in this match. But I thought the moments were great and the individual sequences were phenomenal. I thought the flow was all over the place because there are moments when we came down to two guys and it just felt like... I don't know, like, I, we were in fifth gear, we dropped down to third, and then mm. I, I, it was a bit jumpy around for me in that sense, in terms of the momentum, you know? The victory roll by Carlito, where he jumped up onto the shoulders. Fucking mm. outstanding. Scary. The height that that man can achieve. The monkey flip into the drop Yeah, kick. So good! That's so straight out good. of, like, 2022, 2023. I, th- I, think, I think that yeah. might have been my favourite move of the entire show. Yeah, awesome. such a cool spot. Absolutely awesome. Shelton leapfrogs up top to Carlito. He then has Nitro in the Tree of Row, who then gets himself up as a oh, deadlift the core German. strength. You know Unreal. what? Unreal. I have gotten so desensitised to the big multi-man superplex yeah, spot yeah. in the corner where it's like this big configuration. This is one of the coolest ones I've ever seen. Even in 2023, yeah. this had my jaw drop. Because Shelton and Carlito are fucking thick, dude. Yes. And like, Nitro isn't. And he's in the tree of woe, and then you see him like a core strength, reach up and grab them. It's not the typical fucking you know NXT spot you had back in the day because it felt like you couldn't have a show without a Tower of Doom spot. That's it. It's It's like Cirque du Soleil where everyone's like cooperating. It's the fact that you have a move you're expecting and you're excited for. You want to see that big top rope Mm -hmm. fucking eight or whatever is going to happen. But it's the fact that Nitro goes boom, and then then it comes that hung move. upside down. You need that little bit out of nowhere. Unbelievable stuff, and then Carlito as well. Again, like you know, I'm fucking someone who's losing his mind watching this lad Commander at the moment in, in AEW and Triple A, and he does the double jump. You know, he can do yes. a, he can jump mm. fight. Carlito does an effortless double jump, double back elbow, so effortless. One corner to the next, like. That's wild. Yeah. He is so fucking good. I'm so happy we're getting full-throated babyface Carlito so he can do all this shit yeah. now. Get the backcracker to Shelton. He goes, <laughs> <laughs> But pulled out of the ring. Nitro slithers oh, in. Oh, dude. Steals the title. A little messy, but for what it was, I thought this was a match from the future brought back to 06 to help break up. And the crowd were very hot for this. Oh, yes. Like... Yeah. It was, it was, it was, you know, I don't want to say oh, for the time, because I feel like the for the time aspect of it really does go a long way to explain why it comes across as well as it does. Because I think if you had this on a show that had like mm. 10 other matches with spots like this. and Yeah, it'd be different. It'd be different. But, you know, right after Flair and Foley, yeah. right. that's how you position a card. Proper like, variety the, pack. Yeah, and like, it's, it's the matter of like the time and the place as well, because, you know, North Carolina is wrestling. Yeah, yeah. This isn't yeah. wrestling. No. And they and they're they're blown away by it. Yeah. But it's Which, an it's an awesome awesome spots, something they haven't seen before. Characters that are like that are over, you mm-hmm. know. So, you know, they're not main event guys or anything like that. But you know, I think that Carlito has benefited greatly from you know that little stress that he was winding up, you know, being main event adjacent at the start of 06. Yes. Mm. He's got a bit of something to him. And I just I 
I don't know what the full story is, but I really want to try and dig in deep with Carlito. What the fuck happened here with this lad? Oh, how to Carlito would be a very good exploration. Yeah, but I I'll admit right now, I don't know nearly enough about nah. the man. Because you can tell, something's happening. He always has a fucking look on his face that he's been told something backstage mm. that's made him want to like fucking mm. leave the company. You know? What's going on with Carlito? Why is this man not strapped up by the end of the year is beyond me. I gotta say, I'm noticing more and more that one thing they're good at doing at this point in time is getting me excited for the next match in a series. Like, yeah. finishes mm. like this. Like when, when Nitro slithered in and won the belt, I was proper worked up. Like, fucker! Like, I, and now I'm dead psyched to see Carlito versus Nitro one-on-one. -on -one. Like, they have a very good knack at the minute of getting you, like, excited about a fuck finish because you know that the next match they yeah. have is gonna really deliver. Yeah, like, yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, I think... Overall, I was in, in the middle watching it, but I think I'm appreciative for what this match was, and it, it definitely earned its spot on this on this show, and it was it was needed. I think if this show didn't have this match and I had issues with it, this show would have been a fucking slog, I think, mm. you know? Backstage, it's the Spirit Squad. One, two, three, destroy DX. Just rolls off the tongue. Vince is pissed that they fell for these sophomoric pranks mm. yeah. of DX, but he's got something to tell them. Which is that DX need to be eradicated because DX is a social disease like that bird flu. Like what? that what? bird flu. What? what are you talking about? Vince's curiosity though after the boys leave gets the better of them. It's a callback to Raw. It's the penis pump that upon closer inspection, 90% of the front of it has got black gaffer tape over it. Yeah. Because it obviously says things that we're not meant to see on screen. Nope. So he goes to have a little whirl on the penis yeah. pump. Yeah. And we literally get a fucking Looney Tunes style kaboom. And he comes out with green ooze all over his face. You're making this out to be a lot more competent than it is. Because Vince deciding to use the pump took like two minutes as well. We get like him looking at him and be like, oh. And then he puts it back down like, no, I'm not gonna. But then again, maybe I, oh. And then he takes his jacket off and he goes in the bathroom you hear the kaboom, and then you hear a very obvious aerosol. Shh. Yeah, because it, <laughs> it's such a thin, yeah. it's a thin coat. The, the intern gently spraying this green paint on him, and he Not comes so much, out, Alex. and it's like only the tiniest little bit of green on his face. It's such a whimper. The restraint of it, the green being on his face and not his crotch. He exploded on his dick. You can just like, see him opening his trousers down by his ankle. He's just got green goo on the I bottom of his shirt. What, what you told me there was that... I thought that was the penis pump. No, guy. the aerosol was the spray on the face. No. <laughs> he come out with a massive lad on him and green goo on his face. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> Now, there's nothing quite as 2006 as the next little bit here when we come back to our announcers and King goes, Ha ha! A booby trap penis pump, JR! For fuck's sake! Ladies and gentlemen, the WWE Championship is on the line. <laughs> Rob Van Dam is having a hell of a summer and he's taking on Edge. I pulled up the network little timeline at this point. We are slap bang right in the middle of the pay-per-view yeah. here, folks. You go take a piss now, get a cup of coffee, anything like yeah. that, guys. You know, you know what? Well, I don't do it. Take you up on that and go for a piss. Okay, it's piss time. Hold that piss. It's time for a caption, caption, contest, contest. Vengeance is mine and so are the captions. Hey, it's your old pal, Captain Kevin here with Adam. Hello, Adam. Hello. For a very special face to face i'm seeing double here for glenn jacobs's glenn jacobs glenn kane glenn calloway 
And Kane. And Kane. Yeah. It, the, the, the math checks out. That's not even bringing Doc Gallows into the mix, baby. The, 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 what? what? <laughs> oh, you tell me we read Jid twice and we still <laughs> managed to miss a load-bearing character such as that? It's very appropriate because it is my birthday in a couple weeks, Kevin. Mm. And this is such a Kane-centric caption contest. So Kane-centric. There's two Canes, baby. Yeah, best of Kane facing off with best of Kane. And that, I've been told by my lawyers, is the most diplomatic way to describe yeah. the picture du jour. Billy made sure that we had that in writing, that like you would make sure they're both on equal footing, these Canes. Yes, Adam, but reveal to us now, who's the best Kane to play as in WWE 2K23? It is definitely Kane 2006. Yeah? Why is that? Because <laughs> he's like three times larger than he should be. Yeah. <laughs> the first time we had a match, it was like a Royal Rumble. It was I was Kane, you were John Cena or whatever, starting off one and two. We literally had to pause the game for ten minutes because we were laughing so much. I thought I'd accidentally downloaded, you know... A, novelty Kane. A novelty <laughs> large Kane, like a jumbo Kane or whatever it is. <laughs> it was the new best Kane canonically for me. You know that time Kane was two feet taller than he normally is. Oh, that was around the same time as Concessions Kane, I believe. And the caption contest is brought to you today by uh, former sponsors of the caption contest. Yeah. And folks who definitely got a, a lot of fans amongst our listeners... But to the Seats podcast, Adam, the podcast dedicating to charting the slow, inevitable downfall of one world championship wrestling. And Nick and Emily have had a heck of a time because most recently they finished up Vince Russo's first run of Nitro in WCW. I'm sure they had a fabulous time with that as well, right? Oh, yeah, it's all here. The end of Bret Hart's in-ring career. Oh, God. <laughs> Tensions between Russo and Bischoff and Jeff Jarrett. A lot of Jeff Jarrett from what I understand, right? Yeah, I know what you're thinking. It's 2023, Kevin. I'm, I'm having a load of Jeff Jarrett right now and I loved it, but I have it on good authority that back in the year 2000... Mm. Three times in one night, mate. Three times in one night. <laughs> I think even your... There's three votes you forgot to count. <laughs> I think even your granddad would have had a little bit too much of Jeff Jarrett at that oh, point. Oh, like. no. My granddad could never have too much Double J, baby. And let me tell you, that was the most heartwarming thing I've heard in recent years, is that people coming around, coming around the table now, and they're all sitting watching their AEW, because mm -hmm. Jeff Jarrett's back on Including their screens. Including Adam's granddad. Hey, like, how about it? And I was there being like, trying to think of things to talk to him about. Like, hey, granddad, you hear about Ric Flair? He had his last match recently, didn't he? He was like, oh, but Jeff Jarrett's been on AEW though, and he's like, hey, granddad's a good wrestling Who's fan. Who's the like? real star is what we're telling you right now. <laughs> and you can find out all, of course, about the uh, life and times of Ric Flair and Jeff Jarrett in the bleakest of times of 2000 oh. WCW. 77 episodes in it's amazing because these God guys damn. sponsors way back when you know, mm -hmm. one of the first sponsors that we actually had for a caption contest and it's just amazing to see you know there's so many podcasts out there but like to see them continuing their story and getting to this point now yeah where like wow the light is at the i mean i really call it the light at the end of the tunnel mm. or the light going out in the eyes but the tunnel has sort of collapsed at the end almost and we're reaching the end of the tunnel i mean i'm not saying that we're never going to do late wcw I but know. as it stands right now i'm glad it's you guys not us that's it the barge pole we're using to keep it away from us is still nice and long at least so. but if you want to get your eyes and ears on a little bit of that action you can get them wherever you get your audio butts in the seats podcast you can catch them on social media at butts in the pod they're on spotify apple stitcher wherever you get your podcasts go check them out friends of the show and an absolute fabulous listen yeah thanks again for the support gang and folks please do go check them out and if you have got a podcast 
a project, a YouTube series, a thing that you want to promote, why not do it with our fabulous listeners here, the Attitude Podcast? You can arrange it all on our Patreon page, patreon.com forward slash AE Podcast. And we always get fabulous feedback from the folks who have sponsored with us. We had a really great feedback from the StarQuest folks who were on the last go around. Mm. A lot of people really happy to discover new podcasts. So if you're maybe looking to get your thing in front of a few new eyes, because it is hard in this day and age in the oversaturated markets, send us an email at addtoyourpodcast at gmail.com or hit us up on the Patreon page. It doesn't matter what kind of project it is either. Like you say, it can be a podcast, it can be a website, whatever. I'm thinking getting this jeered amateur dramatic play off the ground <laughs> this would be a pretty good way to start a kickstarter i think i was gonna say yeah no one say adam's got a spot he's, he's been held to one side for him so that's <laughs> that's non-negotiable that's pending authorization from prestwich county council <laughs> well adam i'm over here on facebook.com forward slash attitude podcast where we apparently have thirty thousand people following us good lord <laughs> when does that happen? i don't i genuinely don't know but thanks for being along for the ride. God bless the bots, baby. <laughs> Many of them listeners. <laughs> and I'll be taking us through the tweets over here at AE Podcast on Twitter. We got a uh, Fast and Furious. We've had this up for, I think, only a day or so. We've already had a, a good few hundred responses. Yeah, it's one of those infamous snap caption contests we're doing here, baby. So let's get snapping. The picture we are talking about here today, Kevin, it is the final face-to-face. The ultimate showdown of Kane's. <laughs> It's real Kane staring down real Kane. Aha! But which one's the real Kane? Hmm, I can't figure out this mystery. Can you? He's pointing at the Glargay community at large here. Which but... are, are, is actually the microphone. Yes. You know, you're in there. Can you? I, I, can you? Let's check the captions. Adam, give me some of that sweet Twitter juice. Right off the bat here, we have one from Captain Kevin Mahan who says, The Bibliotech and the Reading Ranch have come face to face. Now, I would realise after the fact that maybe some people could have viewed that as like me having a dig. <laughs> I like know? that it's open to interpretation. It like, is, it's the, layers. The Bibliotech stands and the Reading Ranch stands that are always at each other's throats, they can both look at that meme and be like, yeah, that's right. I, that's the best type of controversy. Mm-hmm. Controversy creating the opposite of discord. <laughs> Happiness. Ray Munoz here with Total Recane. Howdy, stranger. This is Glenn. If things have gone wrong, I'm talking to myself, and you've got a mask over your face. Whatever your name is, get ready for the big surprise. You are not you. You are me. Oh! Why the duplicitous nature of Glenn Calloway there? You know what? That's just made me think about what if we did... The sixth day, the Arnold Schwarzenegger film, but the sixth Kane. Whoa! And this can be where the Kane clone saga really kicks off. Right? I mean, I do feel like there is scope for a Kane clone saga. They're definitely. We got it here in 2006, baby. Or the Kane saga, <laughs> if we want to avoid copyright from Marvel and WWE. One here from Danny Brennan, 72. It's, it's the meme. <laughs> President George Bush having the news whispered in his ear, sir. The second cane has hit 2006 raw. <laughs> Rob Wallace here. You look just like, except you have a little more <laughs> and a little less. <laughs> Rockford guy here. Twitter after verifications have gone awry. <laughs> <laughs> 
Now you've got to have a cane with a gold check mark there, and which one's got the blue check mark? <laughs> Steve Clark here, he knows what it's all about. Mayor Glenn Jacobs when he loses out on the role of Glenn Kane at the Prestwich Social Club JID auditions. <laughs> Folks, I will be posting dates on the Twitter at some point when you can be coming to audition for the roles. It was tough and tight at the top, I hear, for the main role. Kyle Gerlach here. Welcome to Jerry Springer. Today, we have two boys who are here to find out which one is actually the son of their supposed father. Please welcome Kane, Kane, and Paul Bear. <laughs> Butts in the Seats podcast. Look at this. Entering into their own damn caption contest. Speculative Jid is getting out of hand. <laughs> I was going to say, over here on Facebook, there is a lot of speculative Jid. Yeah. But I ain't got the... The, the gas tank on me nor you, do I think any of ye do to hear several chapters worth are you saying people have submitted speculative yes. jid oh man well, I'll be reading that myself later on then it's, it's big perhaps too big for a caption thanks folks thank you though Stephen Kirkwood this is a very underappreciated Simpsons bit one cane two canes but he but you can oh my medication in clarity here the disgust you feel when you find pictures of yourself from high school <laughs> <laughs> Brett and Bernie here Jid book 24 confused <laughs> Nathan Rothwell listen I have it on good authority that you're not gonna hurt me unless somebody rings a bell now why don't we go home and talk this out over a big plate of biscuits and gravy yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah you need to thumb through yeah, the, the, think the about encyclopedia it. there. Billy's there. He's smiling. <laughs> True Gardner. I'm Luke Gallows, and I'm here to rescue you. Aren't you a little short for a cane? <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Andy Mitchell. Young Kevin from Hasselvania. These are the greatest commodities that this brand has. <laughs> No, that's if I was writing Hasselmania, let's be honest. Like, or we could have had feuding columns. You imagine? Like, <laughs> my God, brand warfare without end. Derek writes stuff. Ha, 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 ha. Is somebody there? Who said that? Don't play innocent with me. You've known all along. Where are you? Follow the cold chill running down your spine. <laughs> you imagine the mask on the armchair. Like, works, works, yeah. Perfectly. Works very well. Plus, I believe that real-life Glenn Calloway now... That, wait, that's not... Is that Glenn Jacobs? Come on. Jesus! Look what's happened. Look what's happened. He's went through too many metamorphoses now. He's basically the Green Goblin, though, is what I'm saying. Yeah, you know? you've been through too many metamorphoses here. Like, your entire brain has been scrambled by reading that book. Can't handle it. Okay, look, I'm going to do one little bit of speculative shit here. Yeah, come on, okay. baby, give it to me. Mike Bell. Glenn Kane couldn't believe his eyes. Was this the result of the chemicals, or was he really getting a glimpse into the future? Before him stood the mayor of Knox County, Tennessee. His face was tired, and his chest weighed heavy. The bald old man looked deep into his eyes, and uttered ten prophetic words before he glimmered away into the ether. Make sure you properly secure your mask For in Saudi sake. Arabia. For Glenn Kane frowned behind the mask, the words not making any sense to him at this point in his timeline. Little <laughs> did he know that one day he would cash in on all that blood money and take a true journey into darkness. Oh, but fabulous work. <laughs> Who is that there? 
Uh, that was from Mike Bell. Well done, Mike. That was excellent, excellent work. I like the idea of getting time travel involved in Jin now. And Dave Heath here saying this is Billy and Adam getting their dream match finally. <laughs> <laughs> I don't remember what we said on the Vengeance Review, but I feel like me and Billy were more here for it than you. <laughs> little bits, little bits. <laughs> LT Dangerous here. Tesco Finest Kane versus Tesco Value Kane. <laughs> Oh, but which is which? Again, you can interpret it yourself, baby. Andy Springer here wondering where's Blue Cane. Yeah, I thought he'd show up in, uh, in oh, all this fracas, you big know? Big fan of Blue Cane in this household, baby. But I think why stop there? I want a whole rainbow of canes. <laughs> Wish Cane. Wish Cane. And Sheehan Cane have come Wish up a few times here now. <laughs> Fuck it, I'm doing more speculative juice. Yeah, come on. This is from Alexander Vota. Cane frowned. The man who stood before him wore the same mask Kane had for all those years. Looking into the eyes of the fake imposter Kane, the real Kane, the Kane who had let Katie die, the Kane who had lost his family, saw nothing of his life. He frowned again. <laughs> Obviously, Kane knew he'd see nothing in the imposter's eyes. How could he? The imposter had not suffered under the Kane family curse. But still, Kane hoped. Instead, all he saw was his own reflection in the eyes of a tall, red-suited man. Kane blinked, and now the man before him appeared not in a big red suit, but Kane's high school basketball uniform. For fuck's sake. Kane could not see how the man was him. Kane was Kane, ah. and the man was Kane. So the <laughs> they, man was Kane is the most cheaper sentence ever. They had me in the first half. Looking to the stands, Kane saw that they were empty, except for the lone figure sitting in the front. She looked as she had the night of the party. Katie Vick sat in the front row. She frowned at Kane. You can do it, Kane! The voice of Paul Grimm spoke through the mouth of Katie Vick. Kane blinked again, and he was back in the arena. The man before him, again, clothed like Kane had been. I can't believe He knew this. he needed to lay off the chemicals. <laughs> was that submitted by Michael Chiapetta? Uh, no, Michael Chiapetta is known uh, uh, nom de plume. Which is Alexander Vata. Very good job. That is that puts me to shame. That is the most accurate speculative Very good. I have ever heard. That was I think Chat GPT may have been behind that. That was so eerily spot on. I think it's good because in this episode maybe some people were a bit let down by the fact that uh, that the uh, speculative jid was sponsored by a column from a wrestling website. <laughs> but like we were locked in with that literal poison. Do. Literally. Like, if you've got a column for a wrestling website and you'd like to sponsor the caption contest, yeah. though. Aaron, please ignore what we're saying. Aaron of Rift of NoDQ.com, why won't you respond? Oh, why man. won't you? It's Ryback and Elon Musk over here. Like, I'm just he likes all my tweets. Just acknowledge me, man. That's all I want. Aaron, I don't want to come to this way. Uh-oh. But now I'm warning you. Oh no. With, no. With peace and love. <laughs> oh shit. I think I did at least two other ones. Can I have them, please? Please. Thank release you. the man cut. Thank you. Come on. Landon the butcher here. Oh my god, this man is my exact double. <gasps> that dog has a puffy tail. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he was always really delighted, Bob. So Cameron. jolly. Constantly delighted. A happy, happy man. He was happy about electrocuting Shane McMahon. Yep. He was happy about setting JR on fire. He was happy about chestnuts roasting he was on an open fire. Delighted when Lita was pregnant. Yep. 
seemingly delighted when she stopped being That's pregnant. That's not true. Yeah. He was crying in a shirt, Kevin. Yeah, he wore a <laughs> He shirt. wore a button-up shirt in the hospital. Uh, a button-up look, shirt. We all, we all grieve in our own ways. <laughs> That's all I'm saying. Well, there's no other way to, to finish off the caption contest than another slice of speculative jizz. Oh, dude, come on. You're spoiling me. From Paul Alterson here. At that very moment, Glenn wasn't sure if what he was seeing was real or simply an hallucination. After all, Paul Grimm had stopped by earlier that day to drop off a few things and reminisce <laughs> about the old days. So it's very possible... What did he drop off? I'm guessing some Cokes, maybe? A couple of ice creams? Like... That Paul had given him some chemicals. Yep, yep. <laughs> Just outright saying it. No, it wasn't until a hand ran Glenn's throat that he realised that this was actually happening right here and now. How could there be two canes? This question would plague Glenn the night and day. Is... Is that me, Glenn? Frowned in hey. capital letters. And then the second cane said, You think this is about jids? <laughs> no, no. And before Glenn knew it, he was in a tombstone. Only no. he was the one being tombstoned. <laughs> As the second cane made his way to the top rope, Glenn had a vision. It was Casey. <laughs> Glenn was shocked. You really are a sick freak, she said before leaving him alone <laughs> in the sake. arena. No one would come to help Glenn. He must defeat the imposter on his own or send him back to OVW. Oh, <laughs> that's, you see, that sort of destabilized the Jid halfway through there when it yep. gets a bit too meta like that. You don't want to start bringing down the whole walls of the Jidiverse here. I mean, it, it was very much like staring into the abyss of Jid right there, you know? Oh, baby, I appreciate it so much. <laughs> yeah, thank you. I feel like, you know what? We've had a few themed Q and A's over on the uh, oh Kevin over on the Patreon. I should think, we do a JID contest? I think we should do a little JID contest. Ah, we should do a JID contest. I think, Maybe we can yeah. give away a copy of JID or something. Well, Lord knows I've not set my one on fire yet. <laughs> Who wants Kevin's beat up old copy? But of I'm JID? telling you, barbecue season is literally here. <laughs> oh shit! And I've got a strong image of me barbecuing that book. But we can we can make oh. we can make good. I think we're it's right now. We're doing it. We'll buy another copy for you to set on fire if you like okay, and we'll give away good. this one jid contest there's an idea bring your best we'll we'll have the details of it all yeah over on patreon.com slash podcast from one contest to another though this contest was again sponsored by the butts in seats podcast big thank you to those folks over at the butts in seats pod yeah make sure you check them out if you're in the mood for some wcw in the year of the millennium go over to the butts in the seats podcast wherever you get your audio and uh, for now, it's time for us to uh, finish up our bathroom business and head back. <laughs> oh, yeah. I've yeah. passed Adam's been in the toilet for quite a while. Long now. old time. Go and give that guy a knock. See if he's all right. Okay, it's back to Vengeance 2006 breaking down. Well, folks, it's been held hostage by a man who wants nothing more than to wear it with his other belt and maybe spit it now and then and not no. really much else. It's Rob Van Dam versus Egg. The WWE Championship might be coming home it is home yeah a good video package which uh, still includes the pledge from paul Heyman and ecw to rechristen the wwe championship as the x-men titles <laughs> why are they even mentioning this when they blatantly yeah. have chickened out of the idea yeah. no, like... it's so crap well because as we all know it spins uh, the video package was good in that we built up kind of in-ring credentials of both men 
There was a little bit of classic ECW Rob Van Dam footage thrown in. Yes. I did like the use ad nauseum of Rob Van Dam, you know, doing his Tai Chi, doing his yoga, doing the Rob Van Dam leg lifts yeah. and all that jazz. In the package, Rob on a fucking cliff shirtless doing Tai Chi, 10 out of 10. So Tekken. Yeah. I, I can only tell you all to try and seek out and watch one of a kind, the Rob Van Dam VHS that was released oh, around the time. Oh shit. Oh baby, it's a good time is all I'll say. And that Shenmue whirl at the end of the video yeah. package. Like, he's going to take this WWE Championship and he's going to stick it straight up Landy's ass. It's going absolutely nowhere. And, folks, i got something to tell y'all. It's time for a poem. Why? Because I like poetry. And you're just going to do this now, right? I am, because I figured, well, if the WWE Championship is good enough for the middle of the show... What poetry book have we got today, Kevin? Adam, it's another... Bone-chilling poem from A Wrestler's Lament and 100 other poems by Joe Durazio, the Poet Laureate of British Wrestling. I really thought this book would be a one-and-done kind of job, Billy. Yeah. I didn't think we'd be seeing this so many times. We need more wrestling poetry. We really you know. do. Yeah, you're about to get more wrestling poetry. <laughs> uh, what's All this right, one you, called? Uh, this one is called... Sunshine and a liter of red wine. <laughs> a liter. Okay. <clears throat> Sunshine and a litre of red wine. That's all I need. Some sunshine and a litre of red wine. A piece of bread, perhaps. Un pezzo de formaggio. And maybe a big onion. For fuck's sake. What more could a man ask for beneath an olive tree surrounded by old friends? I've seen the Inglesi. That's you. When they drink our wine, they pull faces and shudder. If they don't like our wine, they should drink milk straight out of the cow's udder. What the fuck is wrong with him? So like? is he Italian then? Like, Well, from that surname, I, I think it's safe say, to say. Yeah. The Poet Laureate of British Wrestling has not got much time for ye Brits, it turns out. Apparently not. Well, you always pull them fucking faces, aren't you? <laughs> All right. Let's be having you. You know what? I will say that at least you got some relevancy that liter is ringside in this match. Exactly. So a liter yeah. of wine exactly. makes sense. Exactly. That's what I like. But you know, you always see it, aren't you? You're on, you're on holiday and the old banged up boozy Brits abroad <laughs> on the other table yeah. and be like, excuse me, can I turn this back, please? Uh, what's the one? I don't like this one. Can I have a cow so I can suck upon its orders? <laughs> I come here on a plane. <laughs> <laughs> Don't you dare, Edge. Don't you dare do this. Don't you dare preface a title match with local sports team shit. You know! You know, I was flying down here from Toronto last night. And I realized something. The WWE title being an ECW is just as ridiculous as the Stanley Cup being in North Carolina. Ooh. It is odd. You see... RVD had nothing to do with winning the title, just like no one from North Carolina had anything to do with winning the cup. Newsflash, people, Canadians won it for you. And this Canadian is taking back his WWE title. And then me and Lita uh -oh. are gonna have one of our live sex celebrations. Oh. Daddy. Just like all you people have, except we're not brother and sister. No! <laughs> 
Like, this isn't already bad enough as it is that, like, the WWE Championship is in the middle of the show. It's the typical thing of, like, finally, our guy, the one that we want, he's the champion. And now the championship doesn't mean shit anymore. Like. And after I win tonight... Me and Lita. What are you gonna do, Edge? Gonna have sex. Oh! He said that like every it's like fucking his match, every week, and he, and each time he doesn't do it. <laughs> 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 Follow through. That's the big real man. fucking heat. Where's my fucking live sex? Put home? your money where your mouth is. Well, there's only one thing that King talks about all all match long as a result, which is. <laughs> The last one was so great. Ric Flair mm. ran in and Lita got an AA. Hot. OMG moment. <laughs> We're not going to get many of these moments where our boy Rob comes out, you know, as the champion mm. and they fucking beef his intro. Yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> he is the champion, Rob Van Dam. The champion. The champion. Fucking oh, Lillian, no. I what? did like Edge like taking the piss by doing just fucking karate moves at the start of this match. Yeah, Aww, that was, it was, like, no respect. Mocking Rob, I'll tell you what though, both of these lads are knackers. Yeah, mm. they do, these lads are both fucking exhausted looking, aren't they? I expected dog tired. I expected a lot more from lot both more. these guys. Yeah, I I think that these guys are like when it comes to the house shows. They'll still be in the main event. They'll still be expected to put on the 40-minute match, yeah. you know, in fucking middle of nowhere or yep, whatever yep, it yep. is. But, like, Jesus Christ, you lads in their office would much rather this world title become mid-card than legitimately push either of these men. Absolutely. And this is what... Like, these lads are, like, getting blue balls for being main eventers right now. Yeah. Like, they're being worked to the bone. Yeah. They're probably getting a little bit of a bump in pay being in more of the house shows and being, you know, being the champ or whatever, but... Like, Rob ain't getting no main event paycheck for this. Nope. Because you're yeah. at the main event. No. You yeah. know? They're, they're, they're so tired, finesse has gone out of the window because they're just potatoing each other. Oh, it's sloppy, isn't it? Yeah, this is... I don't know. This feels like there's a negotiation happening here where, like, A, we have to have just, like, a standard WWE-style proper proper main event match, right? Mm. And you have to do X, Y, and Z. But I think Rob wants this to be, like, a Rob Van Dam match. Mm-hmm. And look, I've done the How To RVD episode and something I certainly noticed along the way is when you get the dance partner that's like, fuck it, yeah, cool, I'll do the Rob Van Dam match. Whatever. Whatever, man. And it's amazing. Or sometimes it could be complete bollocks and full of botches. Yep. Yeah. And then there's times where it's like, right, we won't do the Rob Van Dam match, but we'll do like two-fifths of your spots and then we'll kind of add that into the, to the mortar, the cement mix of yeah. the WWE. Yes. And I think this, like... You want to see a proper Rob Van Dam, someone doing what he says? Rob Van Dam on The Rock and then SmackDown back in 01. They had a proper yeah, knockout, really? drag out, proper ECW style all over the arena. I do not remember that. Dwayne does fucking, we'll get it on the crawl. Well, we'll, yeah. It'll be a fucking hoot and a holler. But this feels like a negotiation. And this is like, parts of this match don't, don't add up in no. my mind, you know? But I'll tell you, I'm Still excited to see Edge and Rob. These are two good dance partners. I was hopeful for this match. When I saw that it was on at this point in the night, I immediately like had a lot of wind sucked out of me. I was like, we're not getting yeah. a big fucking main event title fight out of these two. <laughs> and I think that does go some way to explain yeah, both, why they seem very yeah. underwhelmed here. And there are still some like excellent moves and sequences good in this oh, match. Yeah. For sure. There is good stuff. I was definitely entertained in it. And all that, yeah. But it reminded me a little bit more of that previous match than I thought it would, given this is the title match right yes. yeah and a lot of people you know were like oh this is one you should watch out for this will be one that you guys are gonna freak out about and, uh, oh yeah i didn't know i didn't think it was like you know i didn't think it was something that was above and beyond my expectations or whatever it no, was no no one there i will say as well i laughed my head off when king said 
Jim Ross tonight Edge is gonna have to reach deep down into the toilet and pull out the WWE Championship. I do love how incensed King is about Rob having it. Last match, we had a triple threat. There was no DQ. And therefore, when Melina was interfering and whatnot, it felt like, oh, wow, she's kind of being like really brazen that mm-hmm. she wouldn't normally do this. Get away with it. And then, like, I just couldn't help but notice it. And forgive me for not maybe noticing other matches, but I guess it was kind of hardcore rules or no DQ. This isn't extreme rules. No, it's a straight like, up right, okay. one-on-one match. Because Melina's, like, right, right there doing shit in front of the ref. Mm-hmm. Like, for most of the match. Yeah. And I'm like, all right. I get it. Edge and Lita are also a duo and they're showing that they work together but like, give me a little more. Like, mm. the referee was like, just watching yeah. Lita fucking like, straight up wallop Rob Van Dam, yeah. you know? We have the sick sunset powerbomb to the outside Ooh, by Edge. Oh, that was stiff. That's fucking gonna take a few years off your bump cards, Honestly. right? Oh my god. As, as with the fucking second rope rolling thunder onto Edge while he's on all fours. Yeah. That's gonna fuck up your back. Really it was cool, cool though. It was looked cool as shit. All these spots are really cool. Yeah. Like, it, like a lot of this felt like Rob and Edge are like, like you've seen our stuff, you know, so we're gonna like kind of twist, you know, it's got everything's gonna be kind of a variant of yes. what the expected you yeah. know thing. I like that, you know. We saw that a little bit in the tag match that you and I reviewed for the ECW on Sci-Fi, you know, where they kind of yeah. rolling thunder got, you know, hit with a drop kick. Different or permutations on what you've already seen. But like. it was a little bit of a struggle to get there sometimes. Uh, we have Rob doing some interesting bits and bobs, though. There was a crossbody through the ropes that he did that I yes. thought was really, really cool. And, you know, the, the leg lariat on the barricade, that's a standard Rob spot. You rarely see him miss it. And, yeah. like, he fucking... That man crotched himself. He's got a big old bruise there. Unbelievable. An edge powerbomb into the barricade as well. Yep. And maybe they're trying to say that, look, if you have an ECW champion in a match, even if it's not extreme rules, you can expect a harder hitting style. Yes. The problem is, is that earlier on we had Jerry Lawler being like, you can't suplex someone on the outside. That's so hardcore and extreme in ECW. Uh, and then like Edge is powerbombing Rob. Edge yeah. is more hardcore than Rob in this right. match. Like, is Edge an ECW guy? No, he's going to be fighting for the rights of the WWE purists. It's it's all over the place, really. The corner kick that Rob does to Edge, the one where it's like he's right up in your face and he brings his leg up like, damn! It's like he's going to fucking remove his face. So stiff. I would not want to take that in a month of Sundays. Nope. No, 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 no thank, thank you, you very much. Edge catches Rolling Thunder and locks the chair so with lightning and throws it in jail. Oh, Kevin. <laughs> yeah. That's a good spot as well. You've ruined it now. <laughs> he catches Rolling Thunder into a sick power slam. It's really it is. cool. I really love cool. He rolls away from the five star and then gets a modified Rolling Thunder mm. after that. That was really cool. And then, boy, I feel like Edge needs to catch a break here at some point as opposed yeah. to all these errant shots. And I'm not sure if this was just like... Eyes bigger than your stomach in terms of what you're trying to do. But Lita throws in the championship and we get the Van Beltonator mm. and Edge straight away. It's like... Hard way. Hard way. And it's kind of just exit stage right there. It's just off the where you can see it. Yeah. yeah. It's like he's got his skin caught in the hinge a little bit as yeah. it spins. I think that spinny belt covered in the fake jewels is probably... Plus Rob Van Dam here. Yeah. Yeah. Like Lita's going to be writing a blog post about him later on tonight, like (laughs) calling for his head. There's a lot of uh, wild cards at play here. It's probably the belt I would like to least take a shot from. Definitely. What's the one you would most like to take a shot from? 
For me, it's mm. the current tag team belt. So just yes. a big flat plate. Um, oh, the hardcore belt, it would mold around your face. It's already and, broken. Oh, there's too many sharp bits on that. The, the, the Daniel Bryan hemp belt would be good. Yes. I'll tell you, another one that would be bad would be the uh, the, the butterfly divas belt. That's going to hurt. Be, that, would be, that would be a horrible oh, belt you. to hit with. Or when, was it Lay Cool won the women's title? They're broken they, too. They cut it in half. Mm. Imagine taking one of those to the yeah. face, Billy. Like, but they'd be fine because it would just break in, you know... It'd break in two. No, I'm talking about using a half and then getting a stab like in the oh, face. Yeah. I remember when Layla did that to, to Mickey James, she was like cutting her like John Moxley, what's it? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that Texas death match they had on SmackDown. Hardcore, man. Million dollar belt, what about that? Oh, That'd be nice. That'd be no, nice. we'd all them jewels. You'd have a nice imprint afterwards at least. It would look Yeah, yeah that cool. would be your new face. <laughs> <laughs> so Edge is cut up bad. Yeah. Referee is out. Rob, we are shown is out absolutely definitely beaten like with one of those spots he gets yep. a drape and DDT from Edge and like he is out cold and like you know Edge is covering for like a good five six seconds mm-hmm. so just so you know folks Rob isn't he's not good enough he, no. or, or he's not like a level above he's, no. he's one of he's one of the gang yeah literally <laughs> is oh this this spot at the end it was cool on paper but it's like something that was cool to do with toys and maybe not in practice looks weird in practice Leah comes out and she holds the chair behind Rob who's been set up for the spear and Edge is like yeah that's it get up now Edge is gonna do the spear out of the corner to Rob and like Leah's holding the chair like a good four or five feet back from where Rob's gonna in land in the like, corner like what was good like as soon as Leah was at the chair it's like oh Edge is going into that definitely thing, it was so contrived. Because if Edge actually did hit the spear on Rob, they'd have just fallen down and Lita would still be stood there with the chair like, oh. Mm. Like, he was nowhere near it. So it was very telegraphed. Like, it, it, there was a way you could have watched this and been like, Lita's going to turn on Edge right now. It, yeah, it felt even, a little bit yeah. like she was setting them up. But yeah, we it's just so we could have the cool spot of Edge going into the chair, which again felt wrong to do. Mm. Uh, but then you had the five star. RVD wins. Him doing a little diddly do on the floor with the belts made me laugh though. He's got two belts going. He's kicking his legs around. But it just, yeah. um, Look, what happens after this happens, but I think Rob was absolutely not getting his run that you thought was going to happen. Definitely not. Something could happen with that ECW belt. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe, maybe. But uh, like this is already off to the CM Punk start of title runs where it's like, you've got the belt, but you are not the top guy. You're nowhere near the top guy, dude. Yeah. Uh, Not a big fan of this one. I was disappointed. I wanted to like this a lot more. It was a big letdown. I I will say, I was absolutely gobsmacked I felt sure that RVD was jobbing tonight I yeah. I was positive that it was like you won the belt I, two I, weeks later you're losing it like. I had it in my head that originally he lost the belt like immediately after one night stand but when I watched this I was like oh no so it must be immediately after this he's going to lose it and it's, it's July mm. 7th I believe it so is it's a couple of weeks away so they're after a, they're after a show and then you have Rob and Sabu who are travelling together they've got Weed and paraphernalia mm-hmm. in their in their car. They get pulled over, and like I've talked about this like twice now uh, in depth because I have to do it for the Sabu episode of of How to and the Rob episode because mm-hmm. it affected those guys in very very different ways. Mm-hmm. And I kind of feel like if you're someone who reckons that oh it was just they fucked up and that was it, I think you're kind of wrong. If you're someone who's like oh WWE were just really fucking just we're waiting for an opportunity to fuck him over. Kind of, but also not really that either. It's just one of these cases where it's like, lads, like, you kind of are in the position where you have to probably work a bit harder to convince the office that you're worth their time. And this is like, anytime you do something where it's like, oh, well, that's what we reckoned you'd do. Well, you just played right into their hands. Yeah, you've blown it. Like, they had wood in the chamber in terms of burying Rob and Sabu. You didn't need to give them an excuse, Mm -hmm. and they did. And let me tell you, 
There's nothing quite like Rob Van Dam with two world championships to his name going, hey, yeah, we're wrestlers. Rob Van Dam, you know me from mm. Raw and the, the cop going, yeah, I know you. Yeah. Anyway, guys, so what's going to happen is you're going to be arrested now. Oh. And they just like, you know, don't work. The way I see it is I remember someone once said that when they give you the belt and they make you a top guy, it's like they've got a loaded gun to your head. Full of plates of shit. And your job is to keep the plates out of the gun. You're going to keep eating gun after gun after gun. <laughs> and, and Rob Van Dam, he just sat on an atomic bomb made of plates of shit right here. I'm, I'm really kind of like always going to feel down about it because it's like, how many fucking wrestling podcasts have you listened to where it's like, it's this times six and they're all drunk. They haven't got pants on. Yep. You know, Get away a, with it. Like, like, is it just like times they are a changing? Mm. You know, I guess them stinking of weed didn't help. I us. think it's I think it's the weed purely. Mm. Like, I feel like with WWE, there was a big thing of like, if you're drunk and you get into trouble or whatever, that happens. That's what the boys do. Yeah. Something about it being weed and it's like weed is drugs. Yeah. Like, so yeah. they can't can do spin that. alcohol. They can't. They couldn't spin weed. No. Then. Not I, in 2006. It's wild though, isn't it, that if they pulled over and they were on fucking Somers and they had lots of would have been fine. fine. Absolutely fine. Probably would have been able to get around the table there. Yeah, like. totally. But, you know, it's not like they weren't going to find another excuse. Yeah, there would have been something. What all it just did was it made it much more formalised, the undoing of Rob Van Damme, mm. which would have been a much slower process. Because I think, you know, Rob was a year or two away from one, you know, he wasn't, he wasn't wanting to be a full-time guy on the road anymore. Mm-hmm. He fucking hated it, you know? And giving him this belt, all I think it did was maybe kind of go, well, look, now's the time, right? And he was shown that he could still go to that level and that degree. But you can see it in his eyes. I don't think the love of it is there. It's too late. You know, I think it's too late. This is like, this is a nail in the coffin that yeah. was going to be slammed shut. For me, as a big Sabu mark, it was just super disappointing because I feel like you see here now coming up next, there is a little something they have with Sabu and whatever it is, it's going to be snuffed out immediately yes. with this. Rob loses the WWE Championship to Edge in a triple threat with John and Edge on, on Raw. Raw. Okay. The next night on ECW, Rob takes up the challenge from the Big Show to defend the ECW title. And like the gimmick is, is that Heyman's like, "No, you're too, you're too fighting a champion. You got to stop defending the belt." And Rob's like, "No, I got to prove myself, Paul. Otherwise, no one will believe in me or ECW." And then we got the South Philly screw job. No. And like this. Is a big moment that undoes the last remnants like of EC. I remember there were so many people who were like watching ECW and complaining, but they were still watching. When this happened, they're like, "I'm no longer yeah. continuing the ECW lives live journal. It is over mm. because you know having Heyman give the title to fucking big show, big show, big show in a ring filled with trash yeah. as Sabu and Rob are both suspended. It's like this ain't ECW, <laughs> no. And Paul got hit right in the fucking face with a big old pint of beer. Oh, <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> And his shirt came untouched and you could see his tummy is in there. Mr. Heyman, from where I was standing, I could see your belly. Now there's a reference for you, folks. (laughs) Go flirt with the big show. Stop hitting that. Is it as underwhelming as it seems in retrospect? This end of Rob Van Dam. I might as well say by by virtue the end of EC of the hope of ECW. Yes. Did he deserve? I mean, would you would you do you blame him because it's like well you're, you're caught you broke the law you're, oh, you're literally arrested. Yeah. yeah, he literally fucked up. Taking the belt. Uh, I think it would have like there would have been something to do wouldn't it, when Rob came back. I think yes. doing what they did there. It's like everyone you know you go away for a bit. I think it's when they came back and it was firmly. Yeah, you're. It's never gonna happen again. You're 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 lower down on the card now yeah. forever. Like, yeah, you know. I would have like had I I would have like 
had the belt taken off him, not him lose. And then when he's back, he's got you a know, claim. You know, yeah. fucking, yeah. you were mm-hmm. giving it. You mm-hmm. didn't, you didn't beat me to get it. Like, and then he's just gonna sort of take off again. Yeah. But well, like, there's one thing from 2023 and 2022 that fucking WWE ECW didn't need was interim championships. Yeah, I guess, yeah you know. True. I just think yeah, the whole thing totally shambolic but if it wasn't going to be this it would be something else that would have been the supposed death knell you yeah. know it would have yeah. been something and I can't help but be excited because Cena and and Edge that's a killer feud man yeah and like I was not appreciating at the time and I'm fucking jazzed look at this supposed ECW fan over fucking here jo- fuck ECW I'm a Johnny Fabulous man I want, <laughs> I want that give me this backstage Ugh. the ECW dumbasses E-C-D-R-V-D E-C-D-R-V-D shitty ECW shirts like we love our job we love working for Paul Heyman so crazy it's so sad I hated this the one bit I liked was Sandman in the background palpating that stick yeah <laughs> he was squeezing milk out of it or something <laughs> oh, just in the back like, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Paul psychs him up because it's the extreme lumberjack match between Cena and Sabu coming up next but I've got a little news in the interest of fairness there's going to be ECW Extreme Lumberjacks. ECW Lumberjack. Oh. ECW Lumberjack. The one bit that I did like was, was Al going, I'm a Lumberjack, I'm a Lumberjack. He's got head back as well, which He's is pretty crazy. cool. Yeah. I, I like that. And I like, and, and I like that Heyman went like, it's, it's news for me. It's news for you. And he points at like, just incredible. It's news for you. And he points at heads. There's a little bit of that. That's, that's fun. Okay. That's the little glimmer of ECW I would yeah. like. But then he's like, what? There is going to be also... A raw lumberjacks. Oh. Raw is bad. We know that. <laughs> raw is bad. And yeah, they're like, we're not here to do anything other than to support Sabu and let people know what ECW is all about. But it's just and he, like, he puts over Cena yeah. as well. It's like, Cena doesn't want the raw lumberjacks there no. either. He He's happy with just you lads. This is such bollocks. They've been like pitching this match as like, oh, John Cena's going to be in the lion's den once yeah. again. He's going to be surrounded by ECW. And now also, 20 minutes before the match is going to happen, he's going to be surrounded by his mates as well. I thought this was a way to save a bit of face for Sabu, in being that Sabu is now maybe at a disadvantage in a little bit. Yes, And there's the briefest whiff of protecting Sabu with something. Yes, that makes sense, actually. But the problem is, is these aren't raw lumberjacks. You'll see them later, folks. These are Sunday Night Heat lumberjacks. Yeah, absolutely they are. Fucking live wire lumberjacks, you know? But before we get to that extreme bit of business, it's time for the match of matches. Ladies and gentlemen, talk about your sci-fi channel. This one's got some uh, serious sci-fi type (laughs) elements. It's Kane versus Imposter Kane. Oh my god, Adam, it's your finally. dream come true! Kane v. Kane, baby, it's finally happening. It's best Kane versus... It, well, let's, best Kane. let's calm it right the fuck down now, okay? <laughs> 
Well, you don't think that Best Kane is Festus? Best Kane is not present in this sorry, match. Sorry, that's Fest Kane. Best I'm Kane. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> did, did, did this live up to it, Adam? Live up to what, exactly? What, what you expected, what you heard. This is exactly what I expected it to be. So, 100%. On the Raws, we had a, a man in a mask appear to torment Kane. Firstly, uh, the, the mask appeared as a 3D gif on the Titan Weird. And uh, then all of a sudden, the man himself came with the worst fucking wig the of all time. The craziest hair. Oh my good God almighty. It was... Uh, yeah, I, when we said frizzy, we didn't mean like that, like, yeah. Jesus Christ. Insanity. It looks like fucking weird Al Yankovic. <laughs> we, we did already have a bit of a chat about this at our most recent London mm-hmm. podcast festival, mm-hmm. where we did talk about Imposter Kane and the resolution of the storyline. But what we're getting at this point here is Imposter Kane showed up one week, he looked like shit, he laid out Kane, then he comes back the next week looking considerably better, they fix that wig up. Mm-hmm. Bold Kane tells us in an interview, I believe, yeah. he explains that he knows who this man is. And he's sick. This is a. Re- you think Kane is sick? Mm. This guy's done things that Kane could only even dream of. Whoa. Like, he would happily take Eve Torres away from Zack Ryder. And like, it's a man from his past. That's he did it. Say that. yeah. It's a mysterious person from his past. Mm. Now, at that same London podcast festival, I did have a little bit of speculative jid where I. I put forward the notion that this was perhaps a clone that Paul Bearer had created. Uh-huh. Grim, Paul Grim, 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 Grim. He had made a clone of Kane, and that's what this was—like a failed clone, yeah, like yeah, an yeah. imperfect Kane or whatever. So it was the last run of the, run of the, the you know Project Necromancer, essentially. Yeah, you know, but now, this is like Snoke, is what we're saying. Oh, Kevin, oh, this is no. like he's been constructed in a lab like Solvex. You know, <laughs> there's a reference. Fuck off, Snoke is way better. <laughs> okay, who'd win the fight, mate? Come on, Solvex. Solvex man. would win. Oh he's gosh. got the DNA of Hitler. He's got the DNA of Charles Manson. Like, there's a little. There's a little Jeffrey Dahmer in there. Yeah. yeah it's in there in all of us. A so. little Susan of Dahmer. <laughs> but I, ever since then, I've been thinking about actual speculative jid of what could explain this here because it is someone from Kane's past. Mm. So I've actually going to elect to... I'm going to sit this one out in terms Fair. of speculative jid, okay. folks, because yeah. I've got questions I want to put to the Glargay community and questions I want to put to you. Okay. okay. But first, let's get on with the bloody match itself, Yay! shall we? Oh, should you say, in case you thought I'm some sort of a monster, Adam is taking us through the special case. Obviously! Match. Obviously. I'd be fucking mortified if you didn't let me do this one, Kevin. So, little detail right off the bat that I like. Kane comes out, and then Imposter Kane comes out, and he has the classic attitude yeah. of Kane music. Organs and all yeah, the stars. no slow chemical here. He looks pretty decent tonight. Like And JR! Through hellfire and brimstone, yep. we we have the camera angles. It's done proper like they it's used to. Presented yeah. like actual old school Kane, and when he stood next to Glenn Jacobs, he definitely doesn't look impressive enough. He's not quite got the build or the stature. No. But when you just see him by himself in the frame with no Glenn near him, he looks pretty fucking good, actually. Yeah, yeah. Right. yeah. You know, I think people, when they hear the imposter Kane, they go straight to that first... The frizzy part. one. But when they actually did the match here... So that's it. You know, this is a lot better than Kane at the Stafford Leisure Centre at the Lucky Likey show. Absolutely. Like, yeah, this is a decent forgery. He is still having to adjust his wig... Constantly. Constantly, though. And he's got lifts on him there as yes, well. they are you juicing know. these stats. And I'll tell you, this is like, what? He's probably 21, 22 years. Is he that young? Yeah. Yeah. This, man. Wow. Big LG, the Luke Gallows. Uh, yeah, he's, he's on the road nice and early. He's no longer the freaking deacon. There's a point where he was going to be a third brother of destruction. This yes. is This is kind of like, I guess, the negotiated remnants of whatever they had to do with that. Yes. You know? And I think that... 
I don't know. I want to know your thoughts on this. Is this like, we know we're blowing this off. This is over right now. Or is this like, this match is happening. There are people who think this, is, this isn't this is going to work. There's some people like, no, no, no. Let's see how it goes. And this goes over poorly. And then they kill us. That's it, I think. Right, okay. I think mm. if they were killing it here, we'd get a different outcome to this match. But the outcome we do get makes me think like, oh, this is the first chapter in this story. Yeah, because, because like, if, if, they were, if they'd known it's done already, we would we would actually get a definitive answer of who, true. He is, yes. who, who he is. Yeah. JR says at the start... Kane's always been schizophrenic, King, so maybe there are two Kanes. Schizophrenic? What? Have we ever had that in Kane in the slightest? Chokeslam in one minute, broadcast to the next. <laughs> I mean, is that what Jim Ross thinks schizophrenia is? You can create some sort of tulpa with your mind? I mean, I, I feel like we've already established this season they haven't got the best grasp on mental health when he's just no. there like, or tulpas lithium lithium <laughs> I hate mental health <laughs> straight away imposter Kane gets knocked down like real boldy knocks it. I'm gonna have to say bold Kane and imposter no, I no, think call them what they call them in commentary the star of see no evil original Kane original Kane <laughs> and that masked man <laughs> or Kane classic classic Kane I like that how do you do in terms of his movements in the ring uh, okay. he does an okay job of, of being Kane he's doing the Kane moves he doesn't do them quite perfectly he does because like, a lot you know when they, he does the big boot and stuff that's a Luke Gallows big boot you yeah know, like, that's kind of on, it on the point like weird lanky big boot he's having know? a go yeah he gets knocked down right away and he does the sit up to dead silence yeah, from the crowd they're stunned into like silence. right away you can tell this is failed completely we did get like, a tiny may 19th chance little may 19th chance which i still maintain i believe is the only chance that kane ever got in his career i think it might be yeah, yeah. let us know if you think there's any others but yes yeah, straight away if you're doing the iconic kane sit-up spot like 30 seconds into the match and no one's making a peep for it like then yeah this is fucked straight off the bat if they'd done it at the same time that might have got Maybe. a pop. Ooh. If they, like, if they're both they on look the back at each other. Yeah. Like, that would be fun. We get some brawling outside. JR tells us, we will see evil in this one tonight. This guy looks more like Kane than Kane. <laughs> I mean, that's true enough. Like, working, I can't argue with that. Working hard. Uh, let, me, let me tell you, there's one thing they had going for them, and that was the big slappy shots. With, you know, they, they worked the glove. Yes. So this, like, if you had turned off the visuals, this sounded like a Kane mask. Because there was did. a lot of... And, Yep, yeah, big contact. Did they get in the corner? Yeah, it gallows takes Kane straight to the corner and does it. He's just choking him. He's not doing the. He's just giving him a little choke. He's been like, like 97 Kane here, I think. Maybe that's what it is. Yeah, he's not quite figured out the moveset. Commentary keeps reminding us as well that Kane does know who this is. They say that several times. Yes. Like, and Kane told us he knows who this is. So this is definitely still meant to be going somewhere for sure. And the crowd around this point tell us all that it is a boring match because. Yes. I, I would say don't come in tweet saying they chatted Boren and Kane alone just because that doesn't count as a chance for no. Kane. But they do chant boring very noticeably yes. to the point where the commentators are like oh, let's talk with someone else mate. Yeah. <laughs> I will say they chant boring because this is a boring match. Yes. Like, make no mistake this, this sucks. We get though which really lifted my spirits our grunt of the night in this hey. match here Imposter Kane hits the ultimate big man move. That's right a sidewalk slam yes. baby. And when he does, he makes this sound. Load-bearing grunt. Load-bearing grunt, but also, I think, good character study. I think he's been paying attention mm. to the sounds that Kane makes. I loved, like, right... <laughs> like, right towards the end of this match where the crowd, they literally got bored of boring chants, and then we got another chant, which was very matter-of-fact, mm. very short, but they went... 
take their mask off. Take the mask. <laughs> just take it off. I'm sick of this one little bit of intrigue. I want to be washed out of this immediately. Get a vertical suplex to the real Kane. Again, crowd's dead for that. Power slam to Kane. It is all imposter Kane at this point. Like, he is just walking all over bald Kane. I guess like, the arcane moves he's doing. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, Kane would do sidewalk slams. He, I don't remember him doing many su vertical suplexes. No, but, like, no they are slam, big power moves. They did something weird off the top rope, though, which I think was a fuck-up that they saved a little bit. It was, like, a. it's towards the end of the match, but they do, like, a sort of a twisted superplex. Where it's meant to be, it looks like it's going to be a superplex, but they twist, and it looks almost like an angle slam off the top rope. Like, it was very, very messy. It looks like either a top rope jackhammer from Goldberg, mm. or... A top rope, and here's one for the real fans, a top rope Starry Night Suplex. Starry Night Suplex. Uh, Vanessa Bourne in NXT. Kevin. She had one thing to her. She, she had a cool suplex where she kind of twisted you around. I think it was called a Starry Night. Fair enough. No one, literally no one will know. Before we even get to that big silly fun spot, Imposter Kane has an idea of how to bring the crowd back round. And let's, that's, let's eat our vegetables. Yeah, baby. We got a headlock with your name on it, folks. Ooh, get your gas back, guys. You've been working hard. Bold Kane does make a comeback. He hits a DDT and a power slam. And then finally, like, it must be like six minutes into this match, finally he gets Imposter Kane right where he wants him. Right in the corner there. Yeah, when he says right where he wants him, that doesn't mean it's choke slam. It's more corner shit. Yeah, corner shit. Corner. Like, yeah. nice and easy. <laughs> the safety shit. of the corner. Mass Kane hits what JR refers to as a dynamic big right boot. <laughs> <laughs> what are you doing? What are you doing? We get that horrible superplex spot from the corner. Mass Kane catches Bold Kane during a diving clothesline, gives him an awful fucking Rikishi choke slam. Awful. Like, awful absolutely stuff. hideous. He does the old school cane pin where he spreads his arms out and pins down his wrists. One, two, three. Dead silence yeah. from the crowd. The, the noise, the bump when he took to his knees to do the pin. Yeah. And it's the wrong pin. You do that after a tombstone. You do that only. after a tombstone. Yeah. That's what I mean. Not after a fucking hideous chokeslam. I wouldn't tolerate that from my cousin Owen if we were playing Attitude. I wouldn't tolerate that from someone meant to be an imposter. Do the pin at the right time. Yeah. The way it was supposed the to be done. The way it was supposed to be. So fucking flat, that finish. Yeah. Like the crowd, I couldn't but I was stunned at the silence completely dead for it like people literally I don't know if they were just like couldn't believe that Kane lost to the imposter but they had no yeah. reaction whatsoever and I love how the announcers are trying to make this like a thing and they're like it's it's so it's so surprising JR and the chair goes I think shocking is a better description than surprising. Like, mm. This is low level fucking. Like, Kane taking the L there for no good reason at all. Well, I think there must be a good reason. There must be a plan. There must be something that is meant to be coming next. Plan is literally on Monday. He beats him up backstage, yes. rips off the mask, and sends him fucking packing. Yeah, that is it. That's it. And I think that is because of how this went yeah. and the reception yeah. to it. And Kane literally says, oh, he's just some guy I knew who tried to, you know, be me, and that's it. Yeah. You know, just some. <laughs> So, like, Do you know what the original plan was? In fact, I think we talked about this. Wasn't, it, he, wasn't well. he actually supposed to be Kane? It was the real Kane, yes. and that Glenn Jacobs was actually a faker the entire time. Like, yeah. God, that's good. That's serious wrinkles to Jid. I'm glad they didn't do that. And also, there were just so many people already that were like for real convinced. But yeah, like, but there is oh, a conspiracy yeah, bit. They swapped Canes. They yeah. swapped Canes in 2000. Oh, it's, it's, actually like, the, it's the real Ultimate Warrior, but he's the real Ultimate <laughs> Warrior. That's a fake one. Who's actually played by John... Uh, sorry, it's Paul McCartney. It's actually the guy that used to play Undertaker is now playing yeah. Kane these days. You and know. he's coming to Stafford this weekend. <laughs> <laughs> now look, I didn't bring any speculative jid to this. I've got things that I want to put forward to the wider community. 
We have got on our Patreon page, Mal very kindly compiled a list of over 130 names of every character from Journey into it's Darkness. It's a digital Journey into Darkness dossier. It absolutely is. And so if it's someone from Glenn's past, it's got to be one of the names on that list. So I want to hear from the audience, but Please. more importantly, I've read Jid, and that gives me the right to write speculative Jid. Kevin, yeah. you have now read Jid. It only took me 14 hours of podcasts. It only took you the best part of a year to do it. Yeah. You read Jid, and I put it to Kevin, Billy, Fuck's mm. sake. that I think as a real sort of like rite of passage, you should have a go at writing your own bit of Jid. I did. How I, did you get on with it, pal? You did. I did. <laughs> I did. And now it's John. So uh, <laughs> join me, if you will, onto one of the last floating vestiges of the ranch as we sit around a little book corner and I read to you my speculative Journey into Darkness, Chapter 1, Vengeance 2006. Ahem. <clears throat> Glenn Calloway was upset that he had lost the match. So upset, in fact, that it made him act out in ways that were unexpected. Ways which reminded him of the chemical-induced stupors he had previously been beholden to. Beholden at the behest of Paul Grimm. The man. The fat man. The very man who had so willingly plied him with those very same chemicals. This is bullshit, Glenn frowned. I can't believe I lost to Denton Young. <laughs> uh, Kane Poster is Denton Young. Yeah. Don't bother you. And that is exactly how Chia Petter would reveal it as well. Just, just mention yeah. it. Like. Glenn couldn't believe how fucking rubbish this was. <laughs> it wasn't like he lost to someone formidable and noteworthy like Gene Snitsky or Jackson Andrews. No, it's not as if he'd succumbed to the core or Commander Aziz or Jackson Riker. <laughs> For those men were physical and this was a mental game. And it was also fucking crazy. <laughs> BFT, as Mark used to say as Glenn smirked in the mirror. This was an inescapable malaise that would follow Glenn for almost a calendar year until that fateful summer of 2007. It was a smackdown like many other and Glenn entered the locker room and found a laptop left open adjacent to the wrestling news and rumours website, NoDQ.com. Hustlemania! Kevin, no! What was this? Seemed like more typical American ramblings that flew off him like water off so many ducks' backs. Wrestling through Irish eyes, he <laughs> The opening remarks were indeed eye-catching and no doubt controversial, but the tone was warm and familial. Huh, said Glenn aloud. I've misjudged the format of columns like many before me. <laughs> and uh, the rest, as they say, is history. <laughs> There is an altered cut of this that was literally a homoerotic fan fiction of the core <laughs> rubbing each other down oh after Je after uh, Ezekiel Jackson suplex the Big Show. But I thought, keep it, keep it to what you know. Yeah. Well, I gotta say, you got off to a very strong start thank, there. Thank you. That, 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 that first paragraph was one sentence. That like... first couple paragraphs was pure chia petta, man. You really, you had something going for a minute there. I, I just like swearing too much. You do. You like calling Jid fucking rubbish. <laughs> <laughs> Folks, you want to know that I've, I've actually assigned Joe on Jid watch now. She is keeping an eye on Jid around the house. Oh, really? Because we literally cannot trust this man here. As soon as we finished the last recording, he was dropping it, elbow dropping it, oh. kicking it. Taking it into the corner. 
corner. Spitting on it, threatening to I'm piss to see on it. I can see it. No, I, I They've think, hidden it, Billy. I think Joe, see over there. Joe has done me a solid and hidden it, like, so that it can be safe and protected. That was me chundering that was all that was. Hey, we'd like to thank 18 Visions for Victim, which yeah. is the official song of Vengeance 2006. We went on Controversy Watch, and I can find you. The only controversy is apparently the lack of flowers that 18 Visions were given in their original run. The article that I read concluded, without them, there would be no keyboards in metalcore, no <laughs> screaming mixed and clean vocals, no tight pants, and no fancy hair. There would be no Rise Records, no Attack Attack, and certainly no Avenged Sevenfold, gang. So, Man. there you go. I don't want to live in a world without Attack Attack. Yeah. And they came back clean in 2021, and they even have an explicit anti-Nazi song and album called 1996 about their confrontations with fascist elements of the hardcore community. So, yeah. hey. cleanest guys we've had so far. So, good you said to me, you like them, Billy. I was, I, like, liked, I was a big fan of this song at the time. So, I'll come back with you for something good, right? Yeah, yeah. There you go. That's there really you go. nice. Easy. For now. Go. For now. Wait till the comments section. We'll see. <laughs> we'll see. It's time for an extreme lumberjack match as Sabu takes on John Cena. I think I like this match because I've already reviewed it for the Sabu episode mm -hmm. recently. And I was really excited. And then it came to the point where I was like, oh, wait, no. This is like, this is probably the match I'm most excited for. And I've just seen it. So it kind of really hampered my enjoyment of this yeah. pay-per-view. Damn it. Yeah, you've already spoiled the best bit. I've already eaten this part of my dinner. Damn it. The guitar solo for the ECW television debut when they mention it in the promo package where it's like, I think I like it. Tomorrow night is the television debut of ECW. And I'm gonna show up. Wait a minute, wait a minute, look! The former champion Tomorrow night is the debut of ECW. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god, the old school Sabu footage they mixed in there with John Cena screaming, You don't mess with the wrong fire breathing son of a bitch! Love that. I mm. fucking yeah. I got fired up for this. Yeah, Hell so. yeah. In a big way. Ladies and gentlemen, the lumberjacks of ECW. Boo. Small booze. Despite your ECW yeah. chance earlier on in yeah. the night. I don't know what's going on here. I, that is, I don't think anyone knows what's going on here, and I can't blame the fans for being confused. I'll tell you, that shot of Sandman at the start, though, mm. when you see him through the ring ropes oh, it's going, so cool. Yeah. yeah. Scary, And Joe was like, <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic use of old Sandman there. And classic Sabu, it is literally the biggest match of his career. I believe the biggest payday he ever got in WWE and in all of wrestling. And he's forgotten his robe. And he comes out literally like, you've asked him for a fucking autograph. Like, oh, oh no. And it's like that weird mix of anxiety and mm. lack of trust, whatever it is. But like, I was someone tap Sabu on the shoulder and be like, mate, you are wrestling John Cena. Yeah. Enjoy it. Like, like you know, it's pretty cool. Yeah, that's and a decent accolade. They, you know, I'll tell you what, they had Sabu lay out John Cena hard, mm -hmm. like three or four times in the run-up mm -hmm. to this. Yep. You know, they had a little something there. He was so convinced he was going to get buried that he preemptively jumped in the grave. Yeah. Oh, fucking hell. What a lineup of raw superstars yeah, we have they, here. Just the, all of the lumberjacks is just sort of like, yeah. The only one I really care about is fucking Sandman, really. Mm. And like, did Jerry like try to run down 
the ECW guys is all be like, oh look, these guys are all awful. Like most of them are in like the best shape of their career. Yeah. And oh, these are, these guys are awful, unlike fucking Trevor Murdoch. Yeah, I was yeah. gonna say. And we've got fucking Trevor Murdoch and Viscera, and King is like, look at all these, oh. these professionals. Whoa. Oh, who's oh, that? Who's that? In the back. Oh, it is his fault because he's one of the lumberjacks. Snitsky Watch is happy to present to you tonight, folks, at Vengeance 2006. Gene Snitsky. There he is. Hey! It's no wonder people love this segment it's so great, much, isn't it? Like, yeah. And he was there. Yep. There he was. He stood there. There he is now. Wasn't his fault. Has, has he been tips deep in any feet recently? No. He's not been on TV. He's not been on TV. No. He had one match. Little little uh, squash match with Randy. Randy oh. was, was was the one match that Randy had to build up for him and Kurt. He wrestled Snitsky and Raw. So right. Snitsky is very weird. The odd squad. The odd squad didn't, didn't make it off, uh, no. off the format sheet, I would have had him be Imposter Kane and just do that <laughs> Stevie Richards in the face of Val Venus. And I was like, I was watching for a good like 10 seconds. And I'm like, Jesus, they're former stable mates. Right to censor. Holy fuck. Yeah. That lad in the crop top and long hair shouting at that weird bald man. Good Lord, you're right. And then King is like, I remember when I was in ECW in 1997 and I beat up Tommy Dreamer and hit him in the balls with a kendo <laughs> stick. Like, Mate, something you mean nostalgic for actual ECW. Yeah, I was going to no. say, way better shit. Cena finally getting a mixed reaction now. I'm yes. not sure if this is mm. the ECW, WWE dynamic they reckon they're i mean there is definitely pockets of fans who like some parts and pockets of fans who don't but for the first time this season john cena other than wrestlemania 22 gets probably more booze than cheers i'd say yes. yeah but i like this this scene coming out with the booze and the fucking shiner yeah, yeah man. he looks roughed up i'm like if there's one thing that I actually probably put over ecw as a as a thing cena here is wearing it all over his face he's yeah. been at war with ecw for a month and you've never seen john covered up in bruises and cuts mm -hmm. and you know he got the big dirty black eye and he looks a little like he's not all like come on he's a little yeah shook going into a big fight here he's not quite you know head down like he was at one night stand but he's still like he treats this as a threat mm -hmm. and i think you know look at other times we've had top guys being like right we're gonna psych you down the card a little bit you know the rock be like it's me and gangrel it's simply so, not good enough and you could have been like john cena he's wrestling fucking balls mahoney and getting in backstage segments with you know nunzio and stevie richards mm. and just incredible be like fuck this but he does he puts it over as a threat he does more than anyone else like edge and randy put over ecw as an annoyance and a hindrance mm. john cena is scared of this environment and sabu and john it's just weird seeing them in the ring together. It's it is very bizarre. Freaky, you know? He gets jumped immediately by Sandman who sends him outside. And JR is working hard to put over the suicidal, homicidal, and genocidal death-defying Sabu. Saying that, you know, he's like, I heard this guy glued all those wounds. They're all glued shut. Mm. And there's something about him saying that not as a matter of fact, but as like a... I oh, heard it's this. like a legend. Yes. Yeah, exactly. And like that was that's how I heard about it originally. I was like, mm. oh, I think I heard this. And then find the end later on, like, yeah, it did. Yeah, that's true, yeah. It's cheaper than the hospital, uh -huh. but, you know. <laughs> I tell you, King calling ECW extremely crappy and using that as his go-to adjective starts taking some of the steam out of this immediately. Because, mm. like, if someone jumps John Cena, it's someone extremely crappy or, like, oh, yeah. they're so beneath you. And it just... It's, it's death by a thousand cuts. It, it, yes. it doesn't. It doesn't help that like these guys are going down with like one punch from Cena. Like yeah. just, he just decks roadkill. They for look instance. extremely like, crappy. Yeah, for like. sure. And you're saying that like the equivalent of them are the lads on the other side, and like 
where where are the top lads like you know yeah, w- w- is this what ECW has to offer is yeah. the equivalent of Snitsky and Trevor Murdoch like the closest we get is that like Sandman is, is vaguely protected and he like gets a clean cane shot on Cena he wallops him proper like featured moment the crowd boo and then chant ECW which yeah. is like we don't know what we're doing here that yet that sums it up you know and we'll have killed it before he realised what we could do with this Oh yeah, it is Extreme Rules, and yes. Sabu just kicks John straight in the dick. Yeah, yes. We got triple jump leg drop, Arabian face buster. You know, Sabu yeah. mostly botch free in this yeah. one. Yeah, pretty no, clean. Pretty cool. There's a moment where Cena just leaves the ring to punch Stevie Richards. <laughs> like, I mean, just, he just w- rolls out the ring, punches Stevie Richards, and rolls back in. I've like, always wanted to do that. Yeah, <laughs> there's something about like when Sabu he misses, and you have Cena starting his comeback now. He's beating up some of the guys outside. He's coming in the ring. He's starting the five moves. He cut to Viscera and Rob Conway, who were like, "Get him, John! Yeah. Like, do it for Big Viss!" Oh my fucking god! John gets the chair thrown right at his mm. face. Is that the one while he's been held by Al Snow? No, after that, he gets held. Oh, right. Then he gets hit in the face of the chair for the yep. second time. That second one's nasty. A crown for a king. Jeez. <laughs> Just fucking wearing it like a hat. Yeah. Oh, John's like... You know, you don't need to be taking no he'd, arms he'd, behind your back chair most throws. Most definitely not. There is no need for him to be doing this. And then Cena gets ganged up. It's Tommy Dreamer. It's Sandman. The two ECW originals here. They're getting on Cena. They're laying him out on a table. Oh my God. Who's going to save Big Match John? It's Viscera! Yeah. <laughs> I was really hoping he'd slip on some beer. <laughs> <laughs> Come with a big two by four. But Viscera literally saves John's yeah. hero. He does. He's a hero. That last second shot where John is still out on the table. Sabu points to the sky. He runs mm. the ropes. He is literally mid-leap. John gets the Singapore cane. Bam! Fucking hell. That's a one in a million. Yeah, it is. Yeah, that that is was awesome. Very Hollywood, that moment. And then Snitsky with the fucking assist at the end as <laughs> oh, well. Oh, gee. Oh, my God. John throws the chair. And then we get the FU. And this is the bit where it's like... It's John Cena. This is super fucking power, John. Mm. He doesn't... There's no powering, powering. It's John. Powering, powering, powering. Yeah. He fucking takes Sabu for a walk around the ring. Yep. One side to the other. And then, bam. The FU over the top onto the business end of the table. Oh, no. Arse first. Yeah. Right on the far end. Horrible bump. Yeah. You don't get Sabu in a huge view being like, misses the fucking table. And then afterwards I say to him, you're either dumb as fuck <laughs> or you're doing this to me on purpose. And John's like, I'm dumb as fuck. <laughs> That's Sabu though, isn't it? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah I, I think mind. he was asking, he's like, no, it was good. You know, fine. It was good. Like, yeah. I like that he really hurt me badly. <laughs> <laughs> this match probably could have been more, but I am surprised yeah. at how much we got of the Sabu offense and how much yeah. it was like, here, look, they, you know, there's a there's a timeline where this match is like, hey, you don't need to get arrested, Sabu. You're done here because of what you did in this match. And this was like, John looked good. We should mention the finish as well. It wasn't just the FU through the table. He drags him back in the ring. STF. STF, STF I should say. Yeah, yeah, he taps out. The soft little tap. Yeah, like. it, immediately as well. Like, yeah, it's, it's like, barely a wait for like, it. Like, like give, give, give him some time yeah. before he taps out. That, that shitty STF and is immediately like, oh, no. Tap, 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 Sabu tap. talks and Sabu taps, and those are the two things which are like, yeah, that's not right. You know, if, yeah, you know, mm. oh. at, le- at least him, f- 
have it fight a little bit, like a fight to get to the ropes, and he's a pulled struggle back. or something. Like literally twenty seconds more of a yeah. struggle. Not just as soon as he pots on, and it's so such a soft fucking SDF. Yeah, and he just taps immediately. This for me is the last moment of proper like whoa, like ECW versus WWE is in like a dream matchup or like something that you wouldn't see normally. Yeah, this is done. Yeah, you know? it's finished now. Like you know, next you know you'll be seeing Sabu get squashed by Omega in like literally ten seconds on Raw. Within, oh, within a few months, you know. Fuck me. Would that have happened with or without the uh, the the intervention of the long arm of the law? Probably. Probably, Probably yes. You know, I think Big Show was always destined to be the face of ECW. Yeah, like, like Sabu, like he forgets his robe here, he forgets his fucking trousers. You know, no. he's like he's a type of guy like where I think it was like he said in a shoot interview. I remember doing doing the research for how to, and he was like, and Vince went up to me afterwards. He was like, "Good job," and I was like, what "The fuck." I was like, why would he come up and say that to me? I was like, he's, he's trying to rib me. He's trying to get in my head. I'm like, oh, dude. No, mate, he's just no. saying good job. Yeah, yeah. And like, you know what the thing about Vince McMahon? If he comes and goes, ha, 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 and you pat him on the back and you're like, and you go all quiet. Yeah, he ain't gonna like that. Done. No. Yeah. You're done. Like, so, yeah. I love this match. It's one of my dirty faves. I was disappointed by this match. What like, disappointed you about it, though? Was it the I, ends there? That kind of very resolute... Yeah. I didn't like that Sabu was so resolutely beat. I mean, I, it's hard to say what it is about it. I, I would have liked like. it to have been longer. Yeah. yeah they it, should have had another five, It maybe. didn't feel like enough of an ECW war to me. Yeah. Yeah. I get the Lumberjacks and everything. I think I would rather have just seen them go straight up Extreme Rules with no Lumberjacks. Yeah. I would, yeah. I think it needed to be longer. Truth be told, I think it needed to be more of a back and forth, a bit more brutal. I, I could, I could have stomached Sabu tapping if it was a bit longer, and like you know, that work it work. He's Something else, and John had to kill him to do yeah. it or whatever. But he just effed him through a table. You know, what I would have like, fucking done. Seeing as you're turning him here literally in the week anyway, I would have had Heyman come out and throw in the towel or something like that. You may as well, yeah. And do it here. Like, well, I, I, need to, I need to protect my investment. Yeah, that's like, it. Like, or like, I don't want people. I don't want people to see my guy tap, so I have to like you know, yep. protect ECW. And then you have the story of Heyman, and that is kind of what the heel Heyman that we get is like. I have to protect ECW from itself. Mm-hmm. I want to turn into something that I can be proud of, as opposed to this dirty thing from the past. But look, this is a million negotiations got us to this yeah. match. Yeah. I guess it is a miracle. It was any you know there was all reasons this could have been a fucking disaster. Yeah, it was still fine. It was a good match. Okay, well it's not good though. The promo with John and Rob Van Dam. Oh, this is horrible. I'll I'll say it right now. The the crown has been claimed, but I dare anyone to tell me what's a worse promo we've seen so far in 2006 than this. This is bad. Big balls. So fucking shit. What you did last week, coming right into our dressing room, into the ECW dressing room. Let me put it this way. I thought you had balls to show up at one night stand in front of that rabid crowd. But you went right past the pit, right into our cave. And that takes something I admire. Look, John, I know you feel slighted because you never got the rematch for this. So, here's what I suggest. What's on your mind? Rob. Tomorrow night, you and me live on Raw, one-on-one for the WWE Championship. Let me put it this way. 
I didn't come on your house and beg you for a rematch. No, you didn't. You took everything away from me. That is not the John Cena spinner belt. That's my life. You want to come to Raw tomorrow night and give me a shot to take that back? Pack all you got, bro. Because I got you right here. John, you went right past our pit into our cave. What the fuck are you? The cave? Or pit or cave? What the fuck is this Ark Survival Evolved? <laughs> what the fuck are you talking about? And that showed balls. And John's like, well, I want you to know. And I've got no voice because I've just had a match. And mm -hmm. I'd love to take that championship for you. Well, John, you know, it might happen. I would like you to have it back, actually, because I don't I don't want to be champion anymore, John. Officers arrest that man. Charges conspiracy to underperform on a pay-per-view. <laughs> like. And then he goes, oh, and don't forget, John, I'm the champion. Fuck me. Yeah. Rob really struggles with these belts, literally yes. and figuratively, because yeah. he can't hold them up like too you much know. going on. Jesus Christ! It's time for our main event: Spirit Squad taking on Dicks. So, are you ready? <laughs> Maybe you didn't hear me. I said, "Are you ready?" Then, for the thousands in attendance, for the millions watching at home, live only on pay-per-view. <laughs> Let's get ready to sing it! show us the match card and JR goes folks this all started in December of last year when Vince McMahon vowed to make Shawn Michaels life a living hell cut to the package I vow to make Shawn Michaels life a living hell <laughs> it's a long old story this it is it's just a big old story and we're getting to like smaller and smaller residuals or outcomes because I don't think that Spirit Squad are anywhere near the level of Vince or Shane or whatever the roadblocks that have come in the way since yeah. DX reforming is a big deal, but I just, I feel like, I don't know, this ain't for us, obviously. Yeah. I feel like we've got a lot of segments we need to run down now. I feel like a lot has happened yeah. since we last chatted about DX. So, I mean, the, the, how it finally came to, you know, right before ECW One Night Stand, we had the, you know, Vince McMahon wanting Triple H to join the Kiss My Ass Club. Yep. He laid out Vince instead. And then it was a week after that, it was Vince saying, right, Triple H, you're taking on Spirit Squad, five on one. Gauntlet match. I want you to do your finisher on him, which some people have informed us was called High Spirits. That's a great name. I've yet to get confirmation, double closure, that it was said by an announcer, mm. but it was listed on formal WWE merchandise listings. Okay. Some, we should, someone should tweet Dolph and ask him. Ask him. I prefer Gimme a Slam still. I think that's yeah, a way better yeah, name. I think so, yeah, yeah. yeah. 
So we had then Shawn Michaels coming out and he, you know, just laid out Spirit Squad like he'd done a million times. As the layout is happening more and more, Triple H and Shawn are working in tandem. Yep. And then they literally just turn to Vince and they pose. Cross they, chops. And if you're not down with that, we got two words for you. The following week, it was a DX night. Yep. They sent Vince off by, you know, as we said earlier, lying to him and saying that Stephanie's in labor. Mm-hmm. Does that mean Steph is by proxy a member of DX because she's married to Triple H and part of the gag? She was unwittingly a part of the mm. gag, I You've think. You've run that by your wife first, right? I think Kayfabe married at this point. Uh, no, because they, they, no, they are because they literally at one point had Triple H be like, come on, Vince, you know, come on. But are they, so the kayfabe Triple H and Stephanie are together yes, again. Yeah, okay, right. Yeah. Essentially, off okay. camera, it is it has been confirmed okay. that they are they are together again. So that's his baby that he's pretending to get involved in this. Then I'd, you'd run that by the wife, wouldn't you? Yeah, probably would. Yeah, you know when I plan on you know lying to you with Joe, I'm going to run it by her. Yeah, like, I hope you have her permission lying. first. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. But I should say as well, my favourite bit is literally when DX reformed. Because it wasn't like the end of Raw where they joined up. It was like in the middle of a show where it was yeah. like, DX are back. And you cut backstage to Vince with the Spirit Squad. That damn DX! DX dies! DX dies! DX dies! <laughs> that is three minutes into this feud. Yeah. So yeah. where are we going to go from here? <laughs> and he, he rounds up all the baddies as well. Like all the low-hanging fruit. You've got like fucking Matt Striker there. Be like, Jesus. yeah, let's get that damn DX, you know? You would, you would think like the reason why they're doing this is like kind of chiefly nostalgia. Yes. I think that's part of it. But I think genuinely they want to have more levity on the show. And like the DX reunion is as much about selling, you know, T-shirts and a new DVD and a new book. Oh God! Yeah. It's as much about that as like letting the the writers now just kind of have free reign over silly segments. Mm-hmm. And you can tell they're having fun. This usually ends with some positive moments because if writers are having fun, you're giving lots of silly backstage segments. Yeah. You're gonna have some chuckles and hee haws. But like, it's they're trying too hard almost. Way yeah. too hard. And like re- when wrestling is funny. Like, and I'll tell you as a man who's, who's done a lot of stand-up in his time and I love all forms of comedy, nuanced and otherwise, but I'll tell you right now, there's nothing funnier than when wrestling is intentionally When funny, it's good. Yeah. A little bit tongue-in-cheek. Yeah. Yep. A little bit wink and a nod. And when they're trying so hard, yeah. it's like Vince is walking down the hall at one point and there's the alien... There's the penis pump. Yep. You love Big cocks. Dick Big yeah. Dick Johnson. Other strippers. It's like, slow down. You've given me like two weeks and worth. Dusty Ro- don't forget Dusty Rhodes p- p- pimping out his DVD. Yeah, mm. like this all happens in like two minutes. It's yeah. two weeks worth of Honestly, stuff. Honestly, they are blowing their load. And I don't, I'm not confident that I... this will last. Like you have no. enough gold to get you yeah. through. You don't have gold at the minute. Like yeah. <laughs> I felt sure that like, I knew looking back, I'm not going to find this funny. I'm going to find it annoying. It's going to be one of these things. That I, in 2006, though, this would have been really funny and really over. Some of the stuff they do in front of the live crowd is yeah. dead. Flat I, as fuck. Even the 06 crowd don't yeah. care for this shit they're be- doing. Because Vince, Triple H, and Sean are all legitimately funny in their own right. Yes. Yeah, yeah. They, they, uh, they've proven time again and that they're all three mates. of them can be funny. Yeah. yeah. And it just... So you don't need to do all of this stuff where you've got loads of writers writing for them. They're naturally funny. They know what they can't say on TV. Mm. They know what they can say on TV. If they were just sort of left up to their own devices and not have this fucking uh, a committee of I, writers. I kind of feel like a lot of this is coming from Triple H. Oh yeah, himself, really? Right? I, I, so no, I think it's, it's a negotiation again. I think Backstage segments, writers, in-ring stuff, like that's Triple H and Sean. I'm pretty sure those are the lads who are saying we have to bring out 
you know, little spirit squad. Yeah. And like, they bring him out to silence and then they beat him up. Yep. And yeah. And Sean's like, oh, I'm like, should I be doing this? He's like kicking no, him in the face. As long as he doesn't look on the female form, it's okay. But like, the crowd are dead as they beat him up. And like, you know, I really feel like there's part of them where they're like, well, you know, DX, what we used to do was this, this, and this. So we have to do it again. Mm. And there's a lot of times where it's like, they're doing something just because they did it before. And like one of the things they did before was ask women to take their tops off. Yep. So they literally bring out five cheerleaders just so they can tell them to take off their tops. Yep. And then when they're there in their bras, you have Triple H to dead silence mind go, <laughs> I think that's a that's a double that that bra that's underwire that looks it's gonna be kind of sore. Do you have, you maybe want to take that off? You want to take that off, maybe? But literally, like, and it's crickets as well. Yeah, crickets. Like, Three weeks ago, he's like, the king of the kings. Yeah. yeah. Go back on his throne. That's that has been bleeding a lot as well. And yeah. like, Andy's got a baby on the way. Yeah. yeah. Take your tap off. Do you want to maybe... My wife's in labor, she won't know. <laughs> <laughs> and the crowd, I think, at least in the first instance, aren't yet... Not saying they're not comfortable, but they don't know what they're meant to be doing. No, because this isn't DX as we remember it. Like, it, no. It, it, not it, quite. I, uh, it, it will get... More, it won't get over with us, but it no. does. It, the comedy does get more over, like yes. the the raw when they go into the the fucking the production, production truck yeah, yeah. and stuff like that's that. More that's more fun. That's that gets over. Mm. But like they when they come out here tonight, one of the first things that King says is like, "Oh man, DX have the best time. They get all the best women everywhere they go. Jr. Women are always flashing them." Now after this show went off the air. They literally started pointing the crowd and asking women to flash them. And I only know this because there's a thread on Reddit that I have sticky from way back in the, in the in the day, which is people being like, "What's the worst shit you ever seen at a wrestling show?" Uh-huh. And it's like, let me tell you, it's the worst. Like one of the less terrible ones is mom and dad wouldn't let their little boy go to the toilet because they wanted to see the next match, and the little boy just stood there pissing himself. And everyone's like, "Oh, it's trickling down now." And on oh, this, Jesus and on this, they're, like there were people, they're like, yeah, I was like, you know, twelve years old. I was at Vengeance 06 and like the matches were it was over, you know, with the Spirit Squad, and they started asking women in the crowd to flash them, and all of a sudden the Titantron came back on, and they're like, mm-hmm. like un- uncensored yeah. here, nude ladies' breasts. There you go. Come on down to the wrestling show. We won't show it on pay-per-view. That would be in poor taste. But come on down. This is something a little for daddy. Yeah. <laughs> We've seen kids in this audience. Like, every, like It's a rule. If yeah. there's going to be something bad with a lady, they have to show you a kid earlier yeah. in the night. Be like, this is what they're Remember, seeing. Remember, there's families here. Fucking hell. Going to a WWE show in 2006. One second you're seeing bare naked breasts. The next second Rey Mysterio is going to grab you and say, do something with your life, you little bitch. And then you're going to piss yourself. And no one's going to do anything but complain about the smell. You got a long entrance for DX. Of course, they're milking it. I'm going to give you my positive right now. Okay. I really like Sean's old school entrance gear that was like what he wore. In DX in Very 97. Cool. Very cool. I like that. Yeah, that was really, really cool. It's not like the pop of the night or anything close to that. When no. they come out. No. And I'll say, though, DX music, that's not music that makes you go, wah! Are you ready? Yeah, it is. Yeah. I always find it's not like kind of pop pop music. No, but I know what you mean. You know what it I mean? doesn't like, get the big response. Way! Kind of response. Um, fucking hate the flash I, I, yeah. get, I get older like, I get that's honestly I, I remember being Stop. dumbfounded when you guys used to complain about that in season one I was like but it's cool it and like happened the, to you. Yeah, the, <laughs> the older I get the more obnoxious that is so Triple H starts us off with ladies and gentlemen 
Let's get me the second. Like that's my dick. Yep. You know when you become the main eventer, they give you a loaded gun that's full of dicks. Fuck's sake, and he's gonna sub each one after the other. Fuck's sake. Plates and plates and plates of them. You know. And I'll tell you my favorite moment of the night, entire night. All right, is Triple H going, suck it, and Sean. Doing his little, you know, Sean, <laughs> yeah. his, little, his little jig he does around Anxious. the ring. I, I'll just keep jigging around, and that means that I'm not culpable for anything that happens in the ring. And I literally caught that motherfucker going, sorry, 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 sorry. Oh, God. Under his breath. Oh, God. Oakley, dokily. Oh. <laughs> Strike me down, Lord. But, you know, you know, you know, you know it's, it's from a certain point of view. It's just a job. Yeah, yeah. He's going to become a Jedi. It's a lot easier to get away with this shit. Like, yeah. You know? <laughs> And out come the main event opposition, an annoying array of male cheerleaders. Well, this ought to be good then. They got pyro. Yeah, yeah they did. They got yeah. some little Catherine wheels. It was pretty cool. This ain't no main event, lads. It really proper isn't. I think that might be a, another reason why the crowd aren't as explosive for DX is because it's fucking Spirit Squad yeah. they're fighting. They've like. literally individually overcome these odds. That's it. Triple H has beat all five of them on his own. Sean's beat all five of them on his Twice, own. Twice, like, yeah. once in a cage. So this is such a foregone conclusion. No one is going to give a shit about it at all. Yeah, and I've come to realise, because we watched a lot of Raw recently, and Triple H has went from being in very important matches... Two matches that are very important, but he thinks are kind of slightly beneath yes. him. If you pay attention at home to the veracity of how Triple H gnaws on his chewing gum, you can tell how seriously he takes this match. Oh. And let me tell you, he doesn't take this match very seriously at all. <laughs> yeah. fucking deal. He's literally more interested in like that a fucking cow he, he is. He's more interested <laughs> in that than he is in this match. Oh boy, JR is like between a rock and a hard place here because he really, really, really feels the need to bury the spirit squad, mm -hmm. the positioning of the crowd. But also, it's an exciting main event and DX That's are it. back. I don't think that Mitch had many matches. Not very good at the moment, but uh, here we go, folks. The main event. Cool. Dude. I'm hyped. A lot of dancing going on here. Yeah. A lot of dancing. A lot of fucking about. This I, has got big house show energy. Yeah, I don't know if the ring is mic'd up like a different way than normal because the chops from Sean here to Mitch sound like shotgun blasts. <laughs> oh, this is this is learning at the learning tree. you got to hit them hard. Yeah, this, the, these, know... these are deep, like, chops. Like... Look, the one thing I will say about the Spirit Squad that I think that maybe should be mentioned, and I don't know if we have mentioned it, because uh, Ziggler did an interview recently where he talked quite extensively about the Spirit Squad. Mm -hmm. And he's like, first things first, that whole group was literally, the, the idea that came up was because they wanted Kenny on TV. Yes. Dykstra at 19, he was like the prodigy. They want, and like, Ziggler as well, a lad is very accomplished in the ring in the years since. He was like, oh man, you know, I'd sit under the learning tree from Kenny and I'd been in developmental for three years and he like, I'd be like, hey, can you teach me how to do this thing? Because Kenny knew so much stuff and like, we all would learn from him and then he's like, we'd go on the house show loop and be three of us against Sean, Hunter and Ric Flair every single night. Wow. And they do that four times a week and he's like, I learned more. Like, you, I was, you, you would you will in Such that an advantage. He's yeah. like, I was yeah. so lucky between Kenny and the three veterans, he was getting the new, the old and the very yeah. old of mm -hmm. how you do things in WWE and yeah. And, and like, I will like, I will give it to him when I said like at the start that like it's, they're not, the they're not the guys for DX return. No. They are 
solid in the ring. Oh, they're still good. They're, yeah. they're, 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 they're like great athletes. And they're trying to do a little something more in this match. Like, I think every yeah. member of the Spirit Squad tries to do a new thing in yeah, this match. A, a, they there's do. a new wrinkle to each of them, uh, yeah. character-wise. But like, you're, you're, they're lambs to slaughter here. You're putting them in a situation where like best, best, best case scenario... Someone slaps Triple H in the bag and goes, good job, champ. Yeah. yeah. There's no, nothing that is going to come out of this positive would be attributed no. to these lads. Nope. No. And it's important to bear in mind as well, the reason there's five members of the Spirit Squad, according to Dolph Ziggler, is that there was four other people other than Kenny to take a pin. Huh. And if you notice, that boy's not taking a single well, fucking L in, straight up like in yeah. a long time. Huh. All five guys bump them so oh, much. Yeah. Like, they're like... I don't know, it's like, that's their place because, you know... Who are they compared to? But they're Sean good at and it. Like, like they, they, I, I think they do a really great job in this match to Spirit Squad. Well, I'll tell you now. I was straight away texting Adam Bibolo saying, you know, have you watched Vengeance yet? And you're like, no, not yet. I'm like, look, I don't mean to to get you psyched up, but you know that style of completely fucking bollocks falling apart at the seams bullshit wrestling that you like so much. It ain't Saudi, but we're getting some of it tonight. Yeah. I looked away for two fucking seconds. <laughs> I swear to God, two seconds, and a murder was committed yeah. in this yeah. ring. Did anyone catch what actually happened here? Because well, I didn't. There's a there's a there's a beatdown, and I think that Johnny hits his face. It was before the beatdown. Was it before that he started? Before he the beatdown. He gets shots in the corner. Mm -hmm. Then he rolls. He goes into the other corner, and then Sean and Triple H both go. Wham, does, uh, maybe he just had a shoot nosebleed. Maybe he did I, a Billy Keeble, Billy Keeble special. Yeah. What happened? I wrote, I literally watched this fucking twenty times trying to figure it out because I was like, you know, when you when it's one thing when you see it happen, you're like, oh, what happened there? But when you look away and you've convinced yourself you've missed it, that's, a huge spot. That's when I get yeah. mad. Like, all right, rewind, rewind, rewind. And when he took the little roll afterwards, you see him just say. Like, mm. and I think he rolled onto, onto his, his nose, nose. Ah. because this guy hasn't broken his nose. Yeah, this guy has bust up, bust up, like this fucking. Yeah. He ain't got no nose. You need no. a new nose. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm still gonna be able to get. I'm still be able to smell comfortably. <laughs> but, but then him getting like the headband for martial arts, oh. and he's cut, and he's covered in blood yeah. trying to square up to Sean. Bless like, him. The whole plan of it is like, all right, he's gonna be like karate kid. He puts on the headband. He's like, oh, I've got karate moves, woo, and all that. And Sean's meant to be like. Go this guy. But Got a bit of sauce on you, bud. But the problem is, he comes in here and he's like fucking Eddie Guerrero at Judgment Day, yeah, like yeah. head to toe, and he's like, whoa, whoa. and Sean's like, get a load of this guy. He's gonna be dead in five minutes because he's <laughs> oh. losing all the blood in his body. The fact that they're meant to laugh at him, but he looks genuinely distressing. It's so weird. Take take the blood out of the equation and just say that they do this spot. This is the main event of our pay per view. Yeah. The crowd are laughing, this. by the way. Yeah, yeah the crowd because are it's laughing. fucking Panto bollocks. And because like. Sean feigns fear and says, "Well, I've got to tag in Triple H." Then <laughs> I, I can't. I can't face this guy. The fucking sigh when Triple H he literally gets tagged in and goes, "Hey." <sighs> Fucking hell. Go this work. is your first match back of your reunion. Yeah. yeah. And I, I get the whole they're beneath you, da, 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 but there's a way to do that and like have fun with it. That's this it. isn't eating plates and plates of shit and learning yeah. to like the taste. You should want a piece of that ass, is what Triple H should be yeah. doing here. He should, like, they should have been crotch chopping, yeah. playing to the crowd. Yeah. 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 You know, yeah. if you're going to bury them like this, I'd literally have them be like, hey, hey you know, the new DX DVDs and yeah. stories yeah. now. Like, fine. Have, Mike, have fun, yeah. whatever. Yeah. And, and, but what I will also say in this match, where the fuck is Vince? 
Oh, yeah, yeah. seriously. Like, Vince does right? not come out until literally post-match. Yeah. Well, I thought that he was written off because of the penis pump explosion. He got a bit, he got a bit <laughs> green on his face. Remember that after the penis pump explosion, then Donald Trump rang in and he went, <laughs> I, thought they, I thought they'd kill Vince for real. Hey, nasty business. Nasty business. A lot of people I know use those. Nasty business. A lot of people are saying you should stay away from the penis pump. Nasty business, that. But, so, yeah, where's Vince? Like, Vince should be getting those stuck in, running in, yelling at the Spirit that Squad, taking a move. Like, this is going to go on for a lot longer, look, isn't it? This is the point we're at in the match, folks. We got a lad in a karate headband who's head to toe in blood. We got a lad who takes a fucking bump and tries to do the spaghetti leg spot and does it so over the top. It's like... No, not like that. Please don't do it. Someone's pants get pulled down. (laughs) To which the point, the crowd go, yeah! And then they go, oh, and they realise that the Spirit Squad aren't wearing vests, but they're wearing long singlets. Singlets. Which is like, to hear a crowd react to that after they think they're getting just a regular pantsing is the strangest noise. Like, Mm. this is such a complicated disaster. Like, I was expecting someone's hair to fall off (laughs) vests. King unprompted just goes... This is more like kind of a feel-good match, isn't it? Like, yeah, like just kind of saying it's not, it's not about the yeah, it's just, yeah, it's just it's just a fucking half show main event. Feel-good like. match. I'm glad I spent sixty dollars on this Honestly. back in 06. Like, uh, Triple H finally gets a move on him. He goes into the stairs, Ooh. which gives us a heartbreak to the hot tag kids. That's one of the better ones. Very folks. good. Comes in quietly. I'm shocked, you know. I know there's obviously a bigger hot tag later on, but Sean comes in and like Sean cleaning house. Yeah. Very you know, little response. He'll be gone in two years. Yeah. Like, you Make know, the most of it. Make the most of it. Johnny proves why he's got that headband. He does a special martial arts kick. Mm. Kind of like Omas's art martial oh, arts kick. Oh, no. I love that. Hey, Omas. Why don't you do all them big fancy kicks, man? Oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> Best bit of the AJ Styles Omas pairing was that. JR is like... Uh, He's the martial artist of the group, King. Is he? Apparently he is now. Since when? When he put on that headband? <laughs> if I put on the head... Is he lost? Is he like the ship of Theseus? He's lost so much blood. <laughs> yeah. He's like a new guy now. Yeah. Like, it's no longer the same fellow. Unprompted, unprotected chair shot to heartbreak oh. kid Shawn Michaels right in the fucking face. I forgot it was 2006 for a second. It's totally normal, isn't it? But taking a fucking unprotected chair shot to the head yeah. from the Spirit Squad. Hate that. No thanks. Nikki uses the trampoline no. to do oh. move. If this had like, if this had worked, if this had worked, it would have been so fucking. It would have been cool, but my god, nowhere near. Because like when they came out for their big entrance, they all walked over the trampoline. Yeah, as a step to get into the ring. Like, all right, we're doing something with it later. Oh, Jesus. Like, it's so bad Triple H takes the trampolines. Like, yeah. Fuck this. <laughs> like, proper, oh, I'll throw the gimmick around because it fucked up. Look at Kenny. Kenny, Kenny, Kenny. This lad is literally watching his main event dream evaporate. Mm. That dude is pissed. He realizes he's in a dud. And he's, like, kind of blaming it on everyone else. Like, I just, I'm maybe I'm reading too much to it, but mm. they're the Spirit Squad. Yay. And Kenny's like, Oh no! Like, I didn't notice that. Grudging fucking look mm. on his face. The Spirit Squad King—they all do things individually, and some of them, well, <laughs> they just need more ring time. They need to be in there. They were the tag team the, champions. Yeah. Really currently, the tag champs. And King is like, Jr. They were the tag team champions. And he's like, 
Oh no, you're right. Yeah, we're five minutes from the end. It's Give it yeah. up. Main event. Nikki, that's Dolph Ziggler showing a little something. Him and Shawn Michaels in the ring. Yeah. That leapfrog cell. Did yeah. you see that? Yeah. He's getting. He's, only good. In, he's in there less, I think, than any other member of the Spirit yeah. Squad. The fact that he's the also round and he's just sitting there taking on a bit of knowledge. No, he's not doing a trampoline spot. No, he's not got a fucking silly headband. He just took some shots. He's mm-hmm. learning how to be a great wrestler. Did a yeah. good sell. And yeah. that's your career, Dolph yeah. Ziggler. And, he's, you know, he, he, I think he is the greatest seller of all time. I mean, he's got a Twitter account dedicated to yeah, it. That's, that's a true. lot of fun. That's all I'll say. Hot helm to Hunter Hearst Tagley. <laughs> For fuck's sake. He does all the moves. There's the knee, the face smash, double A, Pan span on the on the pan. Fuck me, and they another are. span buster of the double A span on the pan. Okay, the okay. That double A span buster reminds me of Arn Anderson, <laughs> who's better known as Mister Double A. Fuck's sake, does a 450 splash <laughs> off the trampoline. Wow. No reaction. It wow. hits his own partners. Oh. Kenny gets switch in music. Mikey gets the pedigree. DX wins. This was a fucking abysmal match. Terrible yeah. man. Car crash. Yeah. Terrible shit. I, if, I, you, if you like bollocks, you know, and there's a part of me I could have watched this kind of watching worst wrestling matches compilation and laughed. Yeah. But, but the fact that we're, we're watching it for this specific yeah. reason, yeah. it's it's not great. Like, if we ever get to the point in this podcast where we're doing main timeline season episodes and I'm like, well, I'm just watching it for it to be shit. No, I want to treat this like it's meant to be a main event. Yes, yeah. it is. And even as a feel, kind of a feel-good match, Jer, no, this fucking sucked. There were, yeah. there were more botches in this than the Sabu match. Honestly. You know, the Rob Van Dam. it was... Shocking. It was the most clunky, poorly executed match of the entire and match. And even if they hadn't had those botches and they executed it in a much more clean way, I think the match that they had planned is not befitting of a main event for mm. DX's big return. If this match went smoothly exactly as they wanted it to be, I still think it would have been a daft crap main event. Did you catch what JR said when they rang the three count? Is the Attitude Era back? Stop. Are you serious? And that justifies this season yeah. 100% rat line. Just in case anyone was doubting why we're doing this. Just that's in, why. Just in case anyone had to ever watch any wrestling in 1997 <laughs> no no it's not definitely not and we get not since the kiss me hole match oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's not what they called it and maybe you, you called it i remember you referred to it as shift me hole oh, no. hey i'm all tired and sweaty no and i put on an extra 50 pounds for this main event run give me one of the spirits god make him kiss me do you, do, you reckon, really do you reckon Triple H followed up on Vince's ex- advice and got that ashel? The oh. ashel. Well, I looked that ashel. up and I don't think it's an actual word. Of course it's not. It's something that was said in the writer's room to make him laugh. And it sounds like what? asshole. It did, it worked. And let me tell you, Vince McMahon has made people do the kiss my ass club and all that jazz. He didn't do it after no fucking 25 no. minute main event. Oh, it's it's going to be swear. sticky. All yeah. oh, that fucking black and red shit down there. And oh, like you gosh. say, it's not like it's even a bit of fun. Triple H is like, Ugh. like, do you remember there was that one match where Billy Gunn was all gassed and he pulled his shorts down? And it was just yeah. like, oh, dude, it you're was, creepy. It's indignant, King. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> at least it didn't happen to Johnny. And then like, like Hunter's going to have to wipe blood oh, out of there like, later on. So Vince comes out and he's all smiling. And they're yeah. literally in the middle of asking ladies to flash. And he's like, Congratulations! 
I'll see you on Raw. And there's nothing saying like we're not confident to our main event quite like, oh no, you gotta watch another show. This, this, yeah. yeah. Don't you this is just getting started, yeah. actually. This I wasn't know. a fuck finish, this was just a fuck match. Yeah. And yeah. Fuck you watch Raw. And what they're literally gearing up to on Raw is literally just it's the episode of Raw where they play Vincent. Yeah, they imitate Vincent Stand Shane. Back. Right. <laughs> yeah, okay. Great. Like, that's that's what we're that's building. Yeah, that's the payoff here. I'm I'm not writing it off because I know there's silly wild ridiculous shite to come with them and maybe when they're resting more appropriate people in yeah. main events yes I, maybe I, I don't think there is going to be a dx match as bad as this at least i, I don't not. think so i really I'm, I'm, I'm struggling to remember like billy 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 <laughs> i mean when we get when we get like i mean i can't speak for like i really can't remember any of the legacy stuff because i well, I wasn't watching and that I don't spoil anything but here like, for me because i don't know what's still to come no, like. all, all i'll say is is that billy i think you need to at this this point recognize the that blind spot remember, yeah that you I'm, have and it's been it's been many years since I've watched this. Yes, and the edits I've had to do in the recent episodes. <laughs> <were dead. laughs> but I've not done you dirty as well. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, vengeance overall. I think a couple of decent matches, maybe. Yeah. And within those matches, most of them have asterisks. Yeah. And I think this was probably the worst pay per view that we've covered so far. Like, as an actual start to end. Yeah. I wouldn't say it was an awful pay-per-view. No, but it just it's wasn't just, the worst one know, of season yeah. five so far. They're, they're, but yeah, like you you said, guys liked it less than One Night Stand, then? Oh, oh, I liked it less than One Night Stand. Like, yeah, okay. One Night Stand was better. No, I think I like this more than One Night Stand, okay, actually. Now enough. that I think about it, I think this was better than that. Yeah, I think there's a lot of moving parts, maybe. But, like, I think it just goes to show, when you got that WWE Championship playing, like, third fiddle, it yeah. felt like... Mm. I don't know. And when you know with the benefit of hindsight that there's a fucking... We're about to hot potato that belt. Yeah, man. Yeah. I, there's stuff, though, that I can't help but be excited for. Edge and John, man. Got a little, little glimpse back into that when I, when I did the Edge episode of How mm. to and I'm like, fucking, I'm well excited for that. Like, all, you know, promos, matches, segments, whatever you want, I'm excited about that. SummerSlam 06, one of my all-time, like, fave pay-per-views, you know. Oh, honestly. okay. It's got wow. a very fun poster as well. There's okay. a lot of bullshit on it. And it is our next episode. It's the next yes. one. Right. And we are going to have, not since our last SummerSlam episode have we had the pleasure. Hulk Hogan's going to be on this card, folks. Oh, boy. Yeah, yeah baby. Yeah, okay. So, jobs are good. We've got uh, some very intriguing dragons to chase as it comes mm. to SummerSlam. Not even this pay-per-view and the reality of watching it can make me not excited for 06 SummerSlam. I think we're going to have some good times. Okay. Yes, I think we're going to have... I remember, I remember enjoying SummerSlam 06 as a pay-per-view. And I've, <laughs> I've watched that since then, you know? Mm -hmm. a, a few times. <laughs> that, 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 might be a, uh, that might be a crest before the fall. Yeah. Okay. You know, I have to go back and check out the Hasselmania comms to be sure. Yes. Though, yeah, see you what know, he thought of it. See what those Irish eyes <laughs> were seeing. <laughs> well, there's only one thing left to do, and that's ask your match of the night, MVP. I'll start with you, Adam. You got him better than your double dose of ECW. Yep, this was a much nicer day at the office than ECW on Sci-Fi. Sorry about that again. Yeah, thank you. I appreciate the apology. <laughs> Match of the night for me is going to be Mick and Rick. I can't tell you enough how much I enjoyed that, how excited I was for it going in, how nice it feels to be enjoying Mick Foley's heel hey, character hey. instead yeah. of like just it grating on me. And most importantly, that's got me excited to see their feud continue as well. Yeah. I, I know from what I've been hearing in the rumblings, it's not going to be pretty, but I'm still enjoying it nevertheless. 
MVP for me is going to be Carlito because I fucking loved seeing him as proper fiery baby face. No like ifs or buts or anything like he's just straight up like killing it and super over and doing insanely athletic things that yeah. would probably have been a bit too facey for him to have done before. Yeah, I love when he suddenly becomes face and all of a sudden there's this whole new moveset. Yes, exactly. Know? Unbelievable. Bill, how about you? Match of the night I'm probably going to give to Sabu and John. I think yeah. because everything else like and while that had an asterisk beside it like every other fucking match tonight mm. I, I think that, that was the one I probably enjoyed the most yeah. uh, going into it I fully expected it was going to be RVD versus Edge it's going to be my match yeah, tonight it yeah. should have been really it and it should have been I had yeah. every right could have very easily been I um, think yeah. you know MVP is a difficult one because like it's when I was hard, really thinking yeah. about it it's like there's no one who really like fucking surprised me or stunned me and then I thought like realistically it's the Spirit Squad for me, I think. Oh, seriously? I, I think so. But you got to admit, they fucked, like, I know they, 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 they did. fucked it up. They did, they did. But there's, the like, when it's their offensive sh stuff, they fucked it up. Yeah. The defensive stuff, because obviously, when, you, when like, there's a double DDT from Sean to them, that's the, them essentially wrestling themselves. Yeah, They're true. doing all the work there. All, all of them making, like, Sean and Hunter look great, which you don't really need to do, because Sean no, and Hunter are true. great. Mm. But, like, they... They did a good job, really fucking doing the job for them. They bumped yeah. around. They, bu they, they bumped around for them. And I'm saying on their noses. You're definitely reaching the upper limit of what you could reasonably ask them to do, but I do yeah. still think it was an unreasonable ask to put these lads in the main event. Yeah. Oh, definitely. By far. But yeah. I, I do think that, like, looking at everyone on the card of, like, who surprised me, you know, who who, who exceeded my expectations, I honestly think the. The, the the only people who I could say that was were the Spirit Squad. Yeah, okay. fair enough. Fair enough. I think for me, match tonight, it's got to be John and Sabu. Yeah. You know? I would say a special shout-out to, to Randy and Kurt because I think that was that was, that was the match more... Mm. like I think Randy and Kurt, even though maybe it was less spectacular than that triple threat, I kind of feel like I've less kind of yes, but, and asterisk beside it. I felt mm. like that was just a really good, solid opening match between two mm. guys who I think are... I'm kind of fascinated by watching you know, them wrestle. I think the worst thing about that match is that we saw their match at ECW yeah. before it, like, so it's, it's hard to live up to. It might be more of a, Maybe. More of a vibe or whatever, but uh, Sabu and John, it's like, it's a match that for me has gotten better with age because mm. I feel like that's a lot of John Cena matches at the time where it's like, oh, I didn't give him the, 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 the time of day because it was John Cena and like John Cena beating Sabu and making him tap out. I kind of like, I am happy that I'm at a point as a wrestling fan, and I'm always grateful for this in other podcasts that I do that gets me here, that like I can enjoy You're not match. upset about that. I'm yeah. not obsessed and yeah. upset. I'm still in, but like I'm not like I don't give a shit. Like I'm still invested. Yes. But like, I liked it for what it was. Mm -hmm. And I think John was really impressive and Sabu was really impressive. Fair and I think it'd be difficult to give an MVP to either of those men mm. on that basis. Mm. So with regards to an MVP, I'm I honestly I'm really fucking finding it hard to find mm. anyone. I think it's been the hardest pay per view for me to think like to really a come up with an MVP. Person, like, you know? Apart from that WrestleMania where I gave it to Snooki, that was a really fucking hard oh, one. Really? Fuck it, yo, I'll give it to Mick just because you know it was just through his verbiage and through taking something that he could have been really like you know that's the type of thing that he was. Really proper hung up about yes and if you hear him talk about it now there's still a little bit of make that's like fucking rick why'd you why say, you that, say that yeah you know there's a lot i you know most people in wrestling are the type of people who have sleepless nights about comments like that yes you know that had many i appreciated the ability to weave that into a storyline that still felt like it had all the punch and you weren't being like ah you're 
you're not giving me the full kind of the full throw of it yeah. or whatever it is. It's still ha- it, it's what you wanted it to be in 2023 when the people are like oh CM Punk and the Elite they should go at it. I'm like hey. mm. I don't like watching people who genuinely hate each other have their beef settled and they have to kind of just do that to have a match. Maybe give it a couple of years till they calm down and then they can pretend they're still angry That's about it. That's it. And like... I kind of feel like this this worked better than like other instances of that that I thought of like, you know, trying to do it with Sean and Brad or mm. trying to do it with, you know, Edge and Matt. Yeah. This was the one time where it's like, okay, the sleeping dogs have lied for long enough. Yep. But Rick and Mick could still get into that. And I think, you know, it was a good angle. But I'm I'm really struggling to really actually give that as a proper MVP. Yeah. I'm kind of sad to see Kurt go. I thought he'd be maybe slightly more of a focus this season, but it came apparent to me almost immediately that he was kind of a tertiary character. Yeah. Mm. He was he was not the focus of the season. That was not ever the intended story. I no. thought if it came the story along the way, fine, we'll talk yeah. about it, but it didn't really feel like it was. He's going out swinging as well because he's burning some bridges on his way out. Oh, oh fuck boy. yeah. Where he goes and what he does, like that honestly in its own right is interesting enough depending on how we go with this season. That could be its own offshoot. Fucking hell, you know? okay. That's all I'll say and I don't really want to talk more about it for the benefit of these yeah. lads who I'm sat here with who I'll be podcasting about it with. Mm. So, yeah, uh, shout out to Kurt who, you know, a lot of people have been telling us that the things we said about that character that we liked, that we saw at WrestleMania and we saw uh, One Night Stand in here, you see a lot of that in TNA. Okay. Like, that's that character fully realized, okay. is all I'll say. Right. So, yeah. Intriguing times lie ahead, mm. but what did you think of this episode? Let us know in the comments below. And as always, if you're listening on Apple, Amazon, Google, Spotify, wherever you get your audio, make sure you leave us an old rating or review. Send us as a recommendation to someone who's ever after some wrestling podcasts. Send them our way. Let them know the Attitude Podcast sent you. If you want to have a little chat with us, you can find us on social media. You can find us on Twitter at AE Podcast, and you can find us on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash Attitude Era Podcast. On both of those socials, but especially on Facebook where it's nicely catalogued, you can find a whole selection of videos, clips from old episodes, clips from current episodes, and clips from our exclusive Patreon content. Patreon.com, where there is an absolute ungodly amount of exclusive content, over 200 hours. Oh! Nearly 100 episodes of the SmackDown Crawl, a couple of dozen episodes of the Bibliotech, our new series, The Corporate Ministry of Sound, as well as that, you've got video episodes, gamesmanship with myself, Adam and Billy, special one-off spin-offs like board gamesmanship, cardsmanship, and so much more. I almost routinely always forget about stuff. I know people kind of like think, oh, it's over there. There's this kind of like unedited, kind of loose, kind of random stuff. No, no, no. no, no. Honestly, you know, what, if what you get here, you get that and more besides yeah. over there on that Patreon page. We're extremely proud of that content. We wouldn't charge for it unless we no. thought it was worth it. It's some of the best stuff we have ever done. That is some of our silliest and most polished content, I would say, yeah. is on Patreon. And I want to mention here, because I don't think we've talked about this on the main timeline yet. We only Ooh. recently mentioned it on Patreon. But the Bibliotech is back open for business. We had a little, <laughs> a little stay in the Reading Ranch this last year. Oh, no. And we're reopening the Bibliotech. Billy, did you know that in 2006, WWE released DX? The unauthorized story. Oh no! And it was so very authorized. It was so authorized. It was written by HBK and Triple H himself. Oh, so what was it now? We'll be looking at that in great detail in the Bibliotech this summer. And if you ever want a reason to stick around in the Outshare Podcast Patreon, just literally ask anyone who has joined us on Patreon. We have an amazing retention rate. The reason is because we've released two new pieces of content every month. We've stuck at that five dollar price point all through the last seven or so years. 
folks who are there enjoy the content and they think it's good value for money, just ask them. And you can get all that and much more at patreon.com forward slash AE podcast. And if you're a purveyor of stuff and things, head on over to matthewsbotchamania.com. Stuff, things, it's degeneration stuff and things, baby. <laughs> degeneration stuff into the bad things into the bad <laughs> <laughs> Well, until next time, where we're going to be slamming some summer. Oh, boy. It's a goodbye from me, Kevin. Me, Adam. And me, Billy. And we'll see you next time on the Adam Share Podcast.